welcome everyone to All the Way Down, a special episode where I'm back. Yeah, that's right. Knox is back. I'm still here. Episode 30, that's right. Uh, so so you had some, what was it? It was, uh, or wait, 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 okay, so last episode, it was your birthday, right? Yeah, it was my birthday, and I think I was only in for about like 15, probably, probably uh, not so sober minutes. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think I dipped out about just to go to go to bed right after that. <laughs> yeah, I saw you were uh, playing Sea of Thieves or something. Or maybe I yeah I might have gone to do that. I did some drunken activity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so, God, man, Sea of Thieves has has been wow. That is a that is a flower that just keeps on blooming for me. Oh yeah, you you so you're still you're still rocking Sea of Thieves and still really liking it, huh? Yeah, it's uh. Man, there's like, there's so much, it's like an MMO in terms of how much content there is, uh, but like, I, I actually like it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's like, there's, you know, you know how like an MMO is structured, how it will traditionally just go from being, oh cool, look at this nice little pretty area here, I like this, I'm going to go explore over there, okay, let me do 10 fetch quests and then go to the next area. Uh, this isn't like that, I mean... This is based on a system entirely that I said, like I said last time when I talked about the game, it's all cosmetics. So the entire game is all about skill and having fun and doing whatever the hell you want in a sandbox PvP kind of game. But uh, the PvP becomes much more apparent the the better and sooner you get good at it. And I've been doing something um, which I guess a lot of YouTubers have been doing, which is uh, solo slooping which just means playing the game in hardcore mode, essentially. You're just soloing a ship, and you're soloing the smallest ship, um, the smallest, most manageable ship, anyway. And, um, yeah, it's it's something that teaches you a real hard lesson real quick in terms of resource management, time management. Uh, Man, there's there's so much to micromanage on one ship that it, it gets addicting to try and, like, speed run uh speed run sounding like an actual full crew yeah i really dig it man it's it's um it's something that like the more you do it with pvp the better you get and there's you eventually learn that all the treasure and loot you can gather in the game is is ultimately meaningless if uh if you aren't good at pvp because that just means you gathered it all for someone to go turn it in for you and sell everything oh, for right. you. <laughs> so it's a it's a cool like dynamic to really get used to. Like I first started playing the game uh, with friends that kind of just approach it from the PVE aspect. Like they do, they love doing the public events, the public quests. Uh, they love doing like that sort of thing. And, and fair enough, there's lots of great lore, and they've added a lot of good content in the new seasons um, to explore. And actually, when you're doing tall tales, like which are, are lore centric quests that. Uh, distinctly you you can tell when a ship is on a map doing a a tall tale rather than just doing normal adventure let's put it that way and uh it's generally agreed upon to just leave those people alone so you can enjoy that content pve but uh man the game is actually just a pvp game that like you know a lot of people happen to go and not the most fullest of or active servers and they get a lot of PVE in, and then they get ganked by one Reaper, and then go, fuck, I hate Reapers, I hate those guys, I'm just going to run away, and I'm not going to fight, and all that. But, oh my god, once you learn and, and put yourself through the through the hardcore mode, it's like, there's so much that's like, 
it, it, there's so many angles and dynamics through which you can approach a situation starting at like from when your gpu can even render it in from the draw distance you can start making judgments about a ship if you can see that far you know you pull out your little teleco your, your scene glass and you go oh shit they have uh, the X sales or whatever that was only released in this live event in, that Sea of Thieves did five years ago or something, and you had to PvP this many people or whatever to get it or something, you know? So you can tell immediately from afar whether or not someone's got experience. Once you know what the sales and items are and you can see what flag they're flying and that kind of tells you what kind of message they're sending out to everybody, you can analyze, like the way ships sail and see what kind of patterns seem aggressive. And that's just like, there's a whole level of naval combat that's on top of all the resource management that's fun to uh, to micromanage all one person. <laughs> of course, it really sucks when you're by yourself and you die, because if you die, you have a chance of losing everything and you can't do anything for like a good, like what feels like a minute, which ultimately feels like an eternity in game time, because... You're sitting there, and you can't just talk to your voice chat buddies. You can't be like, oh, shit, repair the cannonball holes, or go, get, uh, you know, hammer into them now. They're down, they're downstairs repairing. Don't don't let them do that. You know, you can't talk to anyone. you got to let them just have their way with your ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot to balance. It sounds, the so yeah, that, that PvP kind of stuff sounds really cool and a lot, a lot more in-depth than I really knew that the game was. Yeah. Um, as far racing. as far as the PVE stuff goes, I mean, so what do you what do you do when you want to go do a thing? So, all right, there's, and I, I mean like very explicitly gameplay wise. Yeah. So, um, there's there's a couple different things. Like, there's a world event that uh, when I say it's called Flameheart. It's like um, it's a minion of one of like the the I'm I'm not good up on my lore yet, but it's a PVE boss that you know he has a lot of health. He runs around on the island in the, in what's an area it's called like the devil's the devil's roar, and it's like volcanic. So like he activates the volcanism of the island. There's like lava rain rains down on you while you're trying to kill him. He's got different phases. He's a traditional PVE boss, you know. He kind of acts like that. Um, it's like okay. For First person perspective, you know, first person shooter game, you know, it's like Destiny, but like cartoony 3D cell shaded graphics. Mm -hmm. So you sail there and uh -huh. you get on the island. Do you have to find him? Yeah, well, he, he finds you because, so okay. that's my next point. The reason you know to sail there is because world events kind of happen in a meteorological sense in that you look on the horizon of where you're sailing. You can look on the map and maybe see a couple things and tell you where some quests are and sit, shit, but like mostly you can look up at the sky and go, hey, uh, there's a big, ominous, green-eyed, fucking glowing skull in the sky. I think there's probably something we should go investigate over there there so mm -hmm. they have like a you know they have a system of putting things in this guy like there's a there's there'll be a couple battles with a ghost fleet in which you have to engage in a naval in naval combat against pve ships uh and you got to take a, a whole bunch of ghost ships it's like three or four cannonball shots to each one and they you take them down and then boss ships spawn and that's a different world event and you'll see that marked up in a storm cloud that vaguely represents the mast of a ship sailing right over the top of a crest with lightning behind it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So 
generally like when you are playing with your friends or I guess even on your own like mm -hmm. generally what is the flow like do you do you set out to do something that's PVE and then maybe you run into yeah. someone else along the way well that's the fun right so it's entirely up to what like you start off the game usually drunkenly in a tavern waking up with a, with an empty uh, tankard of grog that you can then go to the innkeeper and be like mm, refill please and then just get drunk right there in a tavern and you you start off that way in an outpost so there are outposts all throughout the map that are like essentially if you want to think of them as like pvp towns like they're cities um they're where you're going to go get all your vendors your merchants all your you know you don't turn quests in there well, unless you you don't turn quests and you turn the result of quests in, a.k.a. loot from the quests. Uh, and mm -hmm. then you sell it for gold and rep, and et cetera. But uh, you start there, and you can spawn at any point at any point in the map of that server. And uh, then you go, what do I want to do? I don't know. Either way, the best thing to do is start gathering resources from the barrels there. Better yet, if you can get a storage crate and just start storing it all and not have to go to your ship and empty your inventory every time because you have a carry limit of each kind of item. You can only carry five wood. Wood's used for ship repair. You can only carry ten cannonballs, but you can carry... Uh, five of each different kind of throwable, which is a glass uh, fire bomb, which is like, you know, Greek fire in a glass. And then uh, what's called a blunder bomb, which is just gunpowder and, and, and like, you know, gigantic bird shot, I guess, in a, in a mm -hmm. glass jar. So it's a shotgun blast in a jar with a, uh, an AOE percussive effect that pushes people back. Uh, and then, you know, it, there's all this stuff too, like food. You can only carry uh, five of a normal kind of uh, food item. And that's the only way you can heal in the game. So you got to balance, okay, well, I'm going to go to this island. I'm going to go there with no food because I need to bring food back, you know, to my ship in order to continue this fight with this dickhead in that ship over there. You know what I mean? So it's like a, there's like lots of snap moments where you're balancing resources uh, as just a, a – and, and some fights are just a matter of, of like of mathematics. Do they have the wood to repair? Do they have the players to repair it, the damage, at the rate at which your aim is good enough to cause, you know? Or are you just going to mm -hmm. keep missing all your shots? Like, there's there's a lot that can go on. So, and, and you asked a question, how do you decide what the hell do you want to do? Well, you can go PvE. If you see an event over in the sky over there, you can do something over there. Or you can uh, just start in and get spawn killed by some guy who had just turned in all his loot right there and goes, oh, hey, I'm going to kill you and ruin you and have you're going to have a bad day because of me. And then you go, okay, well, that's fine. I'm going to spawn here and then go back over here. Now, all of a sudden, I got a grudge match with this one player. And now I'm chasing them for miles for 20 minutes because they know that uh if you have the wind directly perpendicular to your sail the sloop is the fastest ship in the game if you're sailing against the wind so you can be chasing them and then they can be going oh i'm gonna uh, get these guys from stop chasing me i'm gonna sail this way where there's no islands safely and then jump off my boat with a powder keg and try to blow them up floating up near the near their water line you know mm -hmm. it, it all depends on the moment it's like if i you know if I want to, like if I was going to stream it, which I kind of want to, I just don't have the hardware to yet, uh, I would I would love to do stuff where I tried streaming it a couple times and um, in the times that I could stream it in potato mode, I, I had to only do PvE because uh, PvP was just, couldn't couldn't render and, enco and encode at the same time. But like I would do PvE and then, uh, you know, have fun that way. But 
ultimately pvp pvp is where it's at for me because that's where the fun content is in my opinion if i'm gonna live stream it it's a lot of slow gameplay if you're pve and just kind of hanging out with your buddies and trying to do that so yeah so all right all right so if it's very just like in the moment on on what you're doing right now then what is the what's the big goal of the game besides right besides just have fun of course but like what's the actual thing that is progress (laughs) that's what uh is hard to find at first and that's what kind of uh opened my eyes when my friend got really tilted with the game because we would just go pve and do all this to try and feel a sense of progression like holy shit we're unlocking our emissary flag value by getting more and more loot but now we're running more and more of a risk because the more loot you run on a ship the more you could lose if someone comes by and gangs you takes it all uh so the sense of progression in my opinion does not come from all the loots and the quests that you do because um you do unlock deeper quests with uh with the actual quests that you do without dying you know um and there's more content to do that way but like the real sense of progression to me comes in being able to pvp well and defend your shit and like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time that you spend i'm two i'm past 200 hours in on this game now at this point and i would say i'm just now getting to the point where i can sail and kind of vaguely be confident on the coin flip of if another player comes along and decides to screw over my day if i can defend myself like usually you're sitting duck so so yeah so so definitely like progression comes from getting better at the game and that's always good Mm -hmm. But I'm asking, like, okay, you so like, you're talking about there's gear? quests, <laughs> all right? So there's quests in the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A char- what does a character say to you, or what's what's the setup? Well, the quest is anything you'd normally expect from a traditional MMO type, uh, except the quest types vary depending on the kind of faction that you choose to go with as your emissary during that playtime. Um, there are a couple factions in the game, essentially. What you're doing is rep farming from them uh, to get uh, level 50, in their reputation and once you get level 50 in three or more of the main factions of the game you uh you get what's called pirate legend and that opens the door to you using or or going with the next like hidden emissary which is the it's like athena's fortune or athena's navy i can't remember i'm not there yet but um that's what i'm aiming for anyways actually getting pirate legend to see what kind of uh fortune awaits with athena because the athena quests apparently are the ones where they start really really unlocking the amount of loot you can get and the amount of money and all and uh ultimately what you're asking here is what do you get out of all this it essentially it's just money it's money and reputation and of course there's the end game currency which you can buy and then spend that on specialty items like special cosmetics, etc. But the whole game is cosmetics. There's no okay. items to unlock anything. Like no items have any stats. There's nothing like that. It's all just I like this item because it looks pretty, and I have fun killing people this way. Or you get the sweaty people that go, I like this sword because this sword blocks the fewest pixels on my screen, and and, and therefore I have a wider FOV, and therefore mm-hmm. I can see more of what I'm doing. And while I I kind of laugh at that argument. It's totally valid about like cannons because with cannons, there's a wide variety of like models that you can look at, but you're forced to look at each one from the same camera perspective. So if you have like a wide lipped cannon 
or just a cannon with like a lot of shit attached to it, like cosmetically, that shit all just gets in your way. And in uh, in, in a naval combat where you're doing a lot of long range, like trigonometry, you know, problems in your head and where this is going to land if I aim this all the way up like a mortar shot as opposed to a cannon, you know. You need to see as much as you can, and you really, even with the stock cannons, which have probably the best visibility in the game, even with the stock cannons, there's still a lot of cannon in your way of seeing where the ship is that you want to be aiming for uh, on an X and Y axis. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, man, there was, uh, I, I used to play a shitload of Destiny, and um, at one point, for some reason, I kind of noticed how much space your gun takes up on the screen. And it didn't bug me. For hundreds of hours, <laughs> it didn't bother me. And then when I noticed it, all of it, it just drove me nuts after that. Just like, man, I there's like a good, there's like a good third of my screen I can't see. <laughs> nice. Um, it, well, so it's yeah, kind of definitely. funny that you mentioned that because I remember uh, I, it might have been Doom 3 that I played on the OG Xbox, and I want to say it gave you options to have like the classic put the gun in the middle of the screen kind of thing. Mm, and yeah. at that point, Doom 3 was my first Doom game, and I was like, what the fuck? That looks terrible. Who would do this? Mm-hmm. And then I played the original Doom, and I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense now. Because it, yeah, it, yeah. it really wasn't that intrusive back then. Yeah, I think even, I want to say even Doom 2016 lets you do the the middle gun thing just if you, you know, if you want it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, the funny thing about Doom, does, though, yeah. the original, is that um, in original Doom, you don't have a crosshair. So you actually kind of rely on the placement of the gun a little bit to know where you're aiming. Yeah, well, uh, so like... I, I mean, well, for Doom, Doom is so, like, you can look and that's where your bullet will land, right? It's so, like, zero point accurate to where you can just imagine a crosshair and wherever that crosshair is going to go. You know, unless you have, like, the plasma rifle out where that's, like, a, a projectile kind of weapon. Everything else mm-hmm. is, like, instant hit scan, right? So it's just look in the middle yeah. and you're good. But, like, with, with Doom 2016, or not 2016, but, uh, well, I guess by extension, but, like, Doom 3 and onward, it's, like, Man, I don't understand. Like, I know it's a fun little mode, but who plays like that seriously? I don't think anyone does. Oh, yeah, right, right. But that's what I'm saying is in the original game, you don't have a crosshair. So you mm-hmm. actually, at least me, you actually do kind of use the placement of the gun to aim. Uh, but yeah. You're more pro at it than I am, so I'll trust you because I I, I don't. <laughs> well, the thing that messes you up about it um, is, is that the crazy amount of sway on the gun while you're moving mm. kind of then messes that up a little bit i can see that uh yeah Wait, you i can turn think that off i've too, seen mm, i think in source ports you can not in the original but yeah i be, that that is something that i've seen as like a source port mod is at, you can like reduce the amount of sway or you can make it so that like when you fire it centers the gun because <laughs> uh, in the in the normal game if you are moving and the gun sways to the right and then you shoot it will be it'll like stick in the firing animation in that in that offset position you know and it's kind of kind of weird yeah. um but yeah well does that bother you like gun shake or anything like that what about like camera camera like uh, effects when when you're firing it never yeah, it never bothered me in Doom. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I you know in, in some other games maybe I've I've never I've never had a game that where I really noticed it and didn't like it though I think. Oh, I well, have. <laughs> I was gonna, just gonna say actually come to think of it, I tried to play System Shock. Oh. I don't remember if System Shock Two did it, but in System Shock One, that game even simulates like a slow up, like a sl- slow down speed up of like steps, you know. When you move forward in that game, there's like a head bob, and there's also like like your strides are faster than oh. your steps or something. Dude, and I hated it. Re- <laughs> really? Wait. Okay. So yeah. System Shock Two. When did this come out? Uh, System Shock One, one I think, is the one that does it. It's old. Um, okay. Good. How old? What are you talking? Please tell. I mean, are we talking like early two thousands, mid two thousands? Or I think earlier. I mean, uh, System Shock really? One is a game that does not even have like traditional WASD movement. Really, it's like um, it's it's one of those games where like to turn your character, you have to actually like click and drag on oh, the screen. Oh God, I hate yeah. that. Oh yeah. So like, like Warcraft you, One. <laughs> so like you do have, that. I believe you do have like WASD movement, but your your aiming is like you're just aiming a cursor on the screen and you can click and drag to turn they did make an enhanced edition though that makes it uh, that makes it more doomy on the controls but to get it to work you then have to turn it on and off you know you have to there's like a there's like a hot key to flip you into like doom controls and then you hit a hot key that goes back into like cursor controls you know huh. um yeah system shock man i played it because like system shock 2 is Really high regarded, highly regarded. Yeah. There's a lot of people who would tell you that System Shock Two is like one of the best games ever. I might have said so, System Shock Two as like a as like a, a slip because that's probably the only way I know of the name System Shock. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the, exactly. It's so it's so big that when you say the words System Shock, the number two just <laughs> naturally just comes out up. after. Totally. Um, so I tried to play System Shock One, and uh, you know I don't know. I it's it. Some things about it were really, really cool, and I'm sure if I played it when it was new, it would be really cool. Um, but it, it was, it was very uh, weird <laughs> to play. I, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, it was a game where like every action was just a little bit more of a pain in the ass than it needed to be, you know? Uh, From, like, reloading your guns to switching guns to using items to reading audio logs to, like, interacting with things in the environment. Like, every single little action that you take in the game just had, like, an extra step added to it, you know? Uh, That's just kind of annoying, you know? Um, but you know, I could deal with it, right? For a while, I could deal with it. But then when I got to like the fourth floor of the game, you know, that's just like, okay, here's another floor. Uh, I was just like, eh, I don't know if I want to just like do it again, you know, uh, like, you know, explore the floor and what are the enemies? Okay. What's the puzzle on this floor to get the elevator to work again? You know, I, it was fun a couple of times, but, uh, but it, it kind of, it kind of wore off for me. Um, Going back to the motion blur, like, well, not motion blur, but just like camera motion, I guess I would say from that kind of thing. I, yeah. I love it, but I've, I, I, I've found an instance where it's actually a hindrance in Sea of Thieves, actually. Um, they added an option in the graphics settings to turn off camera shake. And holy crap, 
does that make firing off your cannon just so much better? Because the camera shake would just essentially reset your aim. I mean, it was actually basically like real recoil. And while it was fine, I didn't have a problem with it. Man, did that game get better when I turned it off? Because it was like, oh, you can just eliminate recoil as a factor. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah, I've seen a couple games where you can turn screen shake off, and I, I always have to think about it, you know, because it's like my thought with screen shake is always like, mm, I would like this off. But I feel the like immersion. they want me to experience yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's funny that you say that because we were talking about the the walking just a second ago. Uh, you felt like you felt differences in in stride. Um, mm-hmm. That to me sounds like it would piss me off. And if I was at the board meeting at it at, at fucking I don't know EA THQ whatever Dice <laughs> I don't know anymore. But like if I had that. And someone came to me and said, "Hey, what if it made what, what if we made walking more annoying?" <laughs> yeah. Like, no, the other guy's idea is getting chosen at the board meeting for me. But like, if you were to present it to me, uh, how it was presented to a, I want to say probably like a probably like a fifteen, sixteen year old Knox, you would have given the uh, consumer uh, a controller with good force feedback. That's important in this. And you would have uh, made it so you could feel the haptics in each of your character's steps when taking those strides. And I will say the first time I experienced this was in a game called Battlefield 2 Modern Combat. Not just Battlefield 2. That's a very important distinction. This is like the kind of like let's remake this however we can uh, PC experience on the Xbox. So this was I experienced this on Xbox Live. This is a totally different game from normal Battlefield 2, not even like a like a DLC or anything like that. It's going to be okay. Just something where uh it's like a almost I feel like a totally different physics engine because honestly, if you were to imagine you know how like gravity is visualized by like a sphere on like a, a net and you can like see the gravity field like distort? It felt yeah. like I was that that sphere moving in time and I could feel the floor of the map around me just folding inward. Like I was falling into the world, but it was just a constant state of running. And it felt really good because of all the feedback the game could give me via the controller and like audio like you could hear your kit in your in your bag shake but okay. it's not that's like 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 that's how a human would walk i don't know what you're describing you said like you had different like stride lengths or a li- well, so what it felt like is that as you walk your character like sped up and slowed down a little bit with every step you know what I mean? Like, if are you, you think just about seeing the camera? Like, do you see just like speed differences in the camera? And you're not getting yeah. anything. That's terrible. Yeah. Who would want that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I don't remember if it was System Shock One or Two, because One had really weird movement in general, where like apparently, apparently it's impossible to be perfectly still in that game. Like you're always sliding just uh. like a tiny bit and stuff. It's it's it was real wonky. And then System Shock Two. So System Shock 2 was a big advancement from the first one. I definitely liked it more, uh, but I kind of ended up running into the same problem with it. It, it, it. Well, it's one of those things. I feel like I complain about this all the time, and people are probably sick of hearing about it, but it's like I tried to play System Shock 2, right? And the game starts out telling you to do a certain thing on a certain floor, okay? They're like, get to this floor, 
And you're like, all right, so you go to the elevator, but the elevator doesn't work. But you can fix it by going to this place, but you go to that place and, oh, you can't get there due to this reason. So you end up climbing into this thing and going to fix this other thing so that then you can come around and fix the thing you were supposed to fix. But, okay, wait a second, the elevator still doesn't work because this other thing isn't working. So you go, yada, 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 you do a bunch of shit, uh, and then you come back and, oh, now the elevator works, but it doesn't go all the way up to the floor that you need. So you got to get off on this other floor start doing stuff yada yada and so it's like yeah a lot of different things are happening but now i'm eight hours into this game and there has been zero <laughs> plot progression oh you know what i mean <laughs> and it drives me nuts when games do that and so um yeah it was just like uh, it just this so 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 there was one plot point that happened in the game that was really cool I'll tell you and anyone who's played System Shock 2 knows what I'm talking about all right I got to the part you know and it was cool uh, but then it was just the same thing again, where it was like, okay, they told me to do one other thing, and now I'm like two or three floors into that, and I'm just, I, you know, uh, again, it was like at one point I got to a new floor, and I'm just like, I just don't want to explore this floor. I don't care anymore. Um, you know, uh, even though, like, the game was pretty cool, I don't know. The, it was extremely, extremely clunky, though. So it sounds like it's um, a game where you're having the issue of... Uh, the game throwing you enough like challenge to interact with without giving you any reason to. So it's like it's giving you all the no plot progressions the, is the chief frustration here. What about a game um, that I have not yet played because I haven't been able to run it, but I kind of want to. But I heard uh, I was listening to uh, Linus uh, Linus Tech Tips uh, talk about this game earlier, and it seems like it's got the opposite problem. What about a game that's throwing the whole sh fucking shebang at you all at once and uh mechanically you aren't able to <laughs> interact with it as fast as you could i'm talking about a game called escape from tarkov i don't know if you've played mm. that have you played that mm -mm. so i haven't played it either but it seems like a really cool thing to try uh it essentially is like a hyper realistic uh drop you into a like it, not like a PUBG thing but not unlike PUBG I guess but drop you into an environment that's like it's essentially like hyper realistic survival sim guns work exactly how they would work in real life you know you don't reload uh after like a you know firing seven shots of a of a 13 or 14 round magazine you don't just carry over the shots when you reload you lose that ammunition you know um and I think there's even more stuff about that. But he brought up a point that I thought was interesting. He said you, the, the inventory management. So apparently it's kind of like, like you know how Resident Evil's inventory management has just like that briefcase system and you just kind of have <clears throat> like a game of Tetris that you almost play. Oh, yeah. RE4 specifically. Yeah, mm -hmm. with like the layout. So it's kind of like that. But he was like, you... I haven't seen this, so I can't confirm for myself. But it was like you have to like rotate it. You can't just like drop it in, like drag and drop it, and it'll snap into place. You have to like, oh, oh no, no, it's got to go this way. Okay, oh no, this way. Okay. So he says he was talking about how I was just fumbling with the like the the technology, I guess, like uh, the, the the technical aspect of of how the game is programmed, rather than just there being no reason to play it, you know, versus plot. Which do you think of those problems as more frustrating? 
I don't know. I think I kind of lost you somewhere. Sorry, I was rambling I a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. All uh, the game all at once, but you don't know how to deal with it? Or no fucking game at all, and you're just doing shit endlessly that you can do with no reason uh, to do it? <laughs> so this is a lot to unpack, because the all the shit all at once is something I was very recently complaining about Ooh. with Final Fantasy VII Remake, oh. you know? Where it's like you, you you go into the first battle of that game, you know, your first battle, and it's like, hey, uh, there's two different modes of attack. You know, you can either hold square or you can mash square. So those are two different things. But when you do that, you get ATB, and you can use that ATB to either do abilities, Wait, cast ATB? spells, or do, uh, well, ATB is something totally different in this game. Oh. It's a bar that fills up while you hit guys, oh, right? Yeah. And when that bar fills up, you can either do an ability, you can do a spell, or you can use an item. Any one of those three things, uh, you know, and so which one are you going to do? I don't know. But also, there's this other thing. There's limit breaks, right, too. And if you get hit too much or whatever, then you can do a limit break. Oh, but also, uh, you can dodge roll and you can, and you can block. And also, that's all just the first mode. There's also an another mode that you can go into <laughs> called Punisher mode, and that's where like your attacks are kind of different, and you can parry now, and you move slowly, and it's just like, this is so much shit for this one guy that I have to fight at the start of this game. Uh, you know, it's like, can we please introduce these concepts to me a little bit slower? Um, well, do you think it's different for people who've played Final Fantasy before, uh, or is this just kind of like an all, it doesn't even matter? As a video game, this is too much. Uh, as someone who has not played like Final Fantasy 15 or, uh, or like really anything after 10, I would say that the feeling of 7 Remake has like nothing to do with Final Fantasy, you know? Okay. It's basically just a game, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention the stagger system, right? Mm. That like also enemies are getting pressured, and when they're pressured, then you use a certain ability, and that staggers them. And when they're staggered, you're, you know, like, is uh, it's so much. Um, but okay, okay, okay. So anyway, though, uh, what I, I did want to defend myself real quick. I can just, I can hear the system shock. <laughs> A crowd uh, 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 yelling at me, right? So I wanted to say there's another game that I really like that has the problem of there's no plot points in the game, and that's Half Life. Remember Half Life? I mean, in that game, it's like shit's fucked, get to the surface, and that's the whole game, you know? But I think the difference there for me is that Half-Life does a real... First of all, the gameplay is so much tighter. System Shock 2 has, like, the most, like... It's got, like, the clunkiest combat I've ever seen. And, like, silly animations and stuff where it's, like, when you shoot a guy... Uh, you know, and, and they are, they're like coming at you with this like really slow, weird animation, you know, that's really strangely slow. Right. And you shoot them and it takes them like, if, if you kill a guy, it takes them like seven seconds to fall down. You know, <laughs> they're just like, like and the just 70s horror movies. fall down and <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know? And like, so, you know, you, you give them the same, you, you imagine like you're melee combating a guy, you know, and that kind of thing is going on so like the whole thing is just like so slow and clunky you know but half-life is like 
bing, bang, boom. It's super, uh, super tight on everything. And it's got like really good shooting and really good platforming. And it's got a puzzle here and there. And the level design is constantly changing where it's like, hey, first you're doing the thing like in the offices. and uh, But now you're up in the ceiling and you're actually like in kinds of places that you recognize. Like, hey, we're in the vents of the office and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but then you're jumping over conveyor belts and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, now there's crushers. and Even better yeah, if you play Black Mesa. The, and sometimes you fight humans, and sometimes you fight aliens, you know. And like, uh, you know, it, like Half Life does such a good job constantly, like having everything feel really tight, and also all the level design feeling really fresh all the time. Um, and uh, you know, I, I really like what they do with it, with like the plot that's very slow. Um, you know, where where uh, you 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 know you're running into people and talking to them quite a bit and then like when you see the sky for the first time it's like such a big deal you know and that kind of thing um so yeah i don't know that's all <laughs> you but, do see uh, the sky pretty yeah. late in that game don't you um i mean it's probably like halfway through that you see the sky for the first time maybe not even i don't know uh be well oh no it's definitely not even halfway now that i think about it um because you see the sky, right? But then you end up having to like go back underground and do more yeah. stuff, and then you come back, and then and then there's like the whole fucking uh, uh, army part of it, and then there's a the whole part where you go to the other planet or the, you go to the other dimension and other stuff, dimension, you know? Dimension, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, actually, was sorry to go, I don't want to go off on a Half Life tangent too much, but it's such a good game. Was Zen? Is that technically another dimension, or is it just like was that explained? Is it another planet? Well, it's not a planet, right? It's it's like in space, but uh, yeah, I you know I've always thought of it as just another dimension, but uh, I don't really know what that means. Well, <laughs> I thought of it. I mean, well, okay. So without going too much into theoretical physics, I mean, you can. I guess you can. Yeah, dimension. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's not let's gloss over that. I think of it as um, at least the story. Well, even going back a little bit further, you said it was a story without plot points. Um, I would disagree. I think it's just one of those games that definitely has like a, an apparent plot. It's just one that is so in the background. Like the game treats the plot as like a you know if it was, it was a porno. It's like you expect it to be there, but it doesn't matter. For, like you know over the gameplay, and they make that super apparent by just making everything. While it, the game is a little bit linear, it's like. Man, it's just explore through here, do what you got to do because we're not going to tell you shit. And it, I, it's great. Yeah. I, I like And it, it is also one of those games where like there is a big story going on that you're not necessarily always directly interacting with, you know what I mean? Like like uh like yeah. there's a lot of plot going on that isn't you shooting dudes, and you don't but really it's happening around. It. Yeah, you don't really understand it till later in the game anyway. And like it's mm -hmm. it's it's all like you don't really <laughs> Yeah, man. I guess it. You, I guess I really, really didn't think about it, but you don't put everything together, you know, until after you beat the game, probably, <laughs> and go, "What mm -hmm. the fuck was that boss?" <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that was a weird boss. That was a that was that was a boss that reminds me of like. Uh, there's this one of the weirdest, most like I guess controversial Darkstalker stages, which is a uh, is a fighting game uh, Capcom made, but like it's like this. It's called like uh, man, something something about something of baby or something like that heart of mind of baby or like you're okay. you're like in the, like this yeah 
man, you're looking at like Earth or something. I'm I'm saying this from memory. I'm probably making it or making up half of it, but it's like you're seeing like Earth from space, but you're like in the brain of a fetus, and inside the fetus, it's like the brain is just like shining rainbow colors, and and like Mm -hmm. there's like the baby is just like in the fetal position in in like this other brain like it's inside of another head and there's just like 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 uh like little sensor bits <laughs> i don't know what you'd call other them brain like well not like another the brain other brain perhaps maybe could be <laughs> it's it's a fucking uh 2001 a space odyssey of a of a fighting game stage it's cool mm-hmm. looking but it's also like disturbing a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah so the question you were asking a second ago had to do with like it, can a game give like too much plot all at once oh absolutely um, it can but yeah um you know plot was that wasn't really my question was it was it was mechanics not plot so oh, you, sure. you had it on the right on the head there with the uh with the final fantasy 7 point yeah 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 you know i i don't know um you said another thing earlier that that is a game i don't think i've talked about uh you said what if we made walking annoying <laughs> Have you ever played Death Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I know where you're going with this. No, but I, I've seen enough of it to know that walking is a terrifying proposition. Dude, it's funny because the, this game is fucking awesome, oh, so, I thought. I, sorry, just I loved bef- it. Before we get too far from it, Fetus of okay. God was the name. Thank you, Omega Weapon in the Fetus chat. Fetus of God. Fetus of God is the name of that. And you can look it up on Google and find like an animated GIF file of the stage itself in its full resolution. It's beautiful. <laughs> What is Darkstalkers? Oh, Darkstalkers is the uh, the thing that everyone pretends that they know uh, what Morgan is from. I mean, I know that's what she's from, right. but Morgan, yeah. everyone knows Morgan. Not a lot of people, I guess, as many people know what Darkstalkers is. Which Yeah, the only thing I know about Darkstalkers is, is that it's where Morgan is from. So the full game, um, at least the one... The one that I'm familiar with is Vampire Savior. That's the name like of the title. But then like it's like Vampire Savior colon Darkstalkers. Um, and then like Darkstalkers 3, I believe, is the last major entry in the franchise. But it's uh, it's like essentially if you were to take the normal six-button joystick Capcom-based Street Fighter-style fighting game and make it uh well actually from what i understand dark Soldiers is one is known as one of the few the very first few anime fighter games so it's got like the high action high movement uh extremely like at, like you know cartoonishly uh bright and high contrast high color stages and character designs so it's intentionally overly flashy and cartoony and yeah uh okay so it's dark stalkers over here but it's vampire savior in japan so you know just have different names for marketing purposes and such uh but it's like yeah it's you know imagine street fighter but your characters are like like they they all have like this like spice of horror to them like a theme Mm -hmm. uh, thematically wise but it's like they all have cartoony super fun attacks and all sorts of things it's 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 gotcha so it's so it's somewhat horror based you're telling me horror is uh, is really the thing that sets it apart yeah horror and still very much like anime (laughs) okay okay sounds pretty neat but yeah oh my god death stranding how what what do you what do you already know about it i'm curious well 
I have watched every opening trailer too, and uh, watched a little bit of gameplay of, but nowhere near as much gameplay. I've pretty much lost entire uh, my entire interest ever since the game came out because I've heard so many mixed things about it. But I'm not judging it because of that. It's just like it's mm-hmm. made its way lower on my to playlist. Um, oh sure, for me. But it's uh, I've I've been following it since it was since the game was called uh, PT. Or Silent Hills. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I know it's not okay, the same game. It's enough. not the same yeah, game yeah. at all. At all. Mm-hmm. But I've been following the project since that. Yeah. And I'm very invested in PT because I still have it on my PS4 and I'm never going to, hopefully never going to lose it because there's no way else to get it. I heard that uh, the PS4 has been like super broken, super uh, like exploits have been found. Really? And it's much, much easier to hack a PS4 and play PT on it now. Hell yeah. Like, download PT off the internet and play it on your PS4. Um, I've heard that that's a thing that is is happening, uh, which is very good for game preservation. Because PT is one of the all-time examples of why we need game preservation. (laughs) Man, Uh, PT... it's one of the first examples I can think of of why games shouldn't only be released digitally. Yeah. And to be fair, it's it was a teaser. It was never a full right. game. But, you know, it, it's still something we don't get because they're never going to print it physically. Right. Totally. Um so yeah, so so if you uh, so so to give you guys the story about that. So PT was a horror game. It was a teaser for an upcoming Silent Hill reboot, kind of. Uh, there was a new Silent Hill game called Silent Hills that was going to have Hideo Kojima involved with it. Kojima, of course, being the mastermind behind Metal Gear Solid. Th- now that uh, I think about it, was Kojima ever involved in the Silent Hill franchise? Not that I know of. I didn't think he I th- was. I, yeah, like I can't speak authoritatively on that. Um, uh, uh, the only, but but like Metal Gear Solid was a Konami thing, and so was Silent Hill. So who knows? Uh, and also, I just don't really know for sure. But as far as I know, Kojima was not previously involved with uh, with. With Silent Hill, so now they, they yeah, Konami uh, released PT. It was a teaser that was for a new Silent Hill game that Kojima was working on, as well as Guillermo del Toro, and everyone was like, holy shit, this is incredible, and it's going to be incredible, because if there's one thing that Metal Gear Solid is like really, really well known for, it is always knowing what the player is thinking. Huh. You know what I mean? Metal Gear Solid is so good so good at knowing what the player is thinking at all times as in when you call someone on the codec they know exactly what you're calling about really? you know what i mean uh and stuff like have you not played metal gear solid never played anything except for the demo on a demo disc for ps1 and it was uh-huh. very challenging for the age okay. at which i played it <laughs> Well, holy shit, you have to play Metal Gear Solid. Um, it's, but yeah, yeah. The, the one thing that really stands out about Metal Gear Solid is that at any time in those games, you can bring up your codec and you can call someone, you know? And it's amazing the way that the, the game has so, so, so much codec dialogue. Uh, when you say codec dialogue, what do you mean? Like, you, you, you're playing the game, you hit select, it just brings up your radio and a list of names that you can call that are your support team, you know? And you call someone, and the two characters just have a conversation. And that's what I mean. 
Okay. They just have a conversation over the radio and then it's over, right? And they like it's incredible how well the game always knows what you're thinking, you know? Like let's say you have you know, let's say you run up to a door and the door won't open, you know? And you call so but but like you didn't even interact with the door and there's a, you, you, yeah, you know, you might open up your your codec and call Colonel and and Snake will be like Colonel, the door won't open. <laughs> and and he'll be like that's a level five door, Snake. Your security card access only allows level one doors. Look for a level one door. Thanks, Colonel. You know what I mean? And then it's and then you're back to and you're like, how did the game know? That's what I wanted to. I just opened and called the Colonel. How did he know? You know what I mean? Uh, it's crazy. It's great. Um, and that's like with everything in the game. You know, you equip a weapon and and call the. You know, you you might call like well or or. You might call, like, the weapons expert, right? Because the, the different people have different, like, specialties, right? So you call the weapons expert, she'll probably tell you about, like, the latest weapon that you just picked up, and she'll give you some info on it, you know? And you're like, okay, cool, thanks, you know, and all that. But it, it's, it's just, it's got this crazy level of, like, just always knowing what you're calling about, right? So now take that idea of, like, of, like, the so so of course then the games also use that to subvert your expectations Is it like a lot as well you know breaking the fourth wall almost or? oh yeah okay definitely um it so it's one of those games also though that uh, it's very weird the way that like they talk to snake in terms of game controllers you know like the colonel just says press the action button <laughs> the client to get on the ladder you know what i mean yeah. and snake just acts like just that's knows normal what that is yeah yeah but there is a little bit of fourth wall breaking stuff too a little bit further like when you have to insert disc two for example otacon calls you and tells you like snake i know it's a bit of a pain but you're gonna have to insert disc two now you know it's so good so um, um i, I, I want to address something that just came up in chat and i don't want to yeah. bring it up for um the uh, one other person on the planet probably that's like me and hasn't played this yet, but there is a point at which this game does something that I have heard of before, which is it reads the data on your memory card. And that's actually why I asked if this breaks the fourth wall a lot, because I remember the first time I played a game and had this mind-blowing effect. And it wasn't Metal Gear Solid, unfortunately, because I think little childhood Knox would have been way more blown away. But um, Doki Doki Literature Club... Have you played this? I have. Have you beaten it? Yes. Good. So you know that there's a great thing that happens when developers make a game that makes you yourself dig into the source files of the video game and manipulate something. And then yes. the game itself chooses what to do based on what files are manipulated in what way and i thought that was the most badass thing ever i won't spoil that because play doki doki literature club i don't care what yeah. you have to say it's free you can play it it's free yeah i mean we could talk about that game for a whole episode because really? i went i went deep into that game did you like it, it or was, hate it i loved dude it. i did too it was so good uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. If it weren't for Hollow Knight, that would have been my game of the year. Really? That year. Yeah. It um, definitely had an effect on me. Uh, I, like, man, it's so it's such a stupid little anime girl game, but you get emotionally invested. Or at least yeah. I did. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, the, just uh, the things that that game starts to do 
is so far beyond what I assumed it would do. You know what Me I mean? Too. The way the way that everybody talks about the game, you're like, okay, okay, it's gonna get weird, it's gonna get creepy, you know? Okay, right? But it it goes way deeper um, in some very very smart ways, and it does some things that I've never seen a game do, and it and it brings up some concepts that I've never seen a game bring up. Um, and you should definitely play it. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about it another week where we'll fully spoil it and talk about all that shit. We should. So anyway, so back to Metal Gear Solid, though. It's very interesting the way that that game breaks the fourth wall because it doesn't do it in, like, a silly wink-wink-nudge-nudge way. Like, eh, isn't it funny that we know it's a game? It's not that. It does it in such a weirdly, like, serious and tasteful way that I've never seen, you know? Like, for example, before the memory card reading thing, Psychomantis' first thing that he does, if you have a, a controller that has, that has rumble, he asks you to set your controller down, and then, and then he makes it move with his mind, you know? Which is just, it rumbles the controller so it moves on the table, right? Um, but again, though, he's talking to Snake during the cutscene, is the thing. You know, he says... He's like, Snake, put the controller down, you know? And he's like, Snake, I'm reading your mind. You like to play Castlevania, don't you? And stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And so it's almost less... It's almost less like it's breaking the fourth wall, and it's almost like it's it's really pulling the player into the fourth wall. Well, it's pu it's pulling the player into the game by making them feel like they are Snake. How does the game know they, that you put the controller down? Uh, it doesn't know. Oh. It just tells you to. Yeah. Oh, just, um, oh. or okay. Or like, there's another part where they're like, um, where like Snake is uh, in torture. He he gets captured. They take all his gear away. They're torturing him, and then he's in a jail cell, right? And between the jail cells, if you call uh, Na uh, Naomi for help, um, you know, Snake is like, oh, my arm hurts or something, you know. <laughs> and and Naomi says, hey, I'll help. Put the controller up to your arm. <laughs> And when you do it, it rumbles. And she's like, yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? And he's like, that's a little better, yeah. And it's like, so stuff like that is like... This is the argument can, for original hardware. Yeah, totally. Um, so, like, you can say that it's breaking the fourth wall, but I, almo I almost feel like you could argue that it's the opposite. And it's, like, really pulling, pulling the player the into. Yeah. I, I and, like, agree. The and the you are snake, you know, because it um, contrasts very sharply with a movie like Deadpool, where it's just throwing it in your face the entire movie that you're speaking to someone who is in the movie, or you, you are being spoken to by someone who is the active protagonist, but not mm -hmm. in a sense of I'm narrating the story. It's a sense of I'm talking to you in the theater right fucking now. Or actually you, yeah. you dickhead on the couch who bought this fucking DVD, you know, eight months after release, you fucking cheapskate. You know, like that kind mm. of dialogue. It's like totally different from just, hey, uh, you're in an experience and you're in deeper than you think you are right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're right, because Breaking the Fourth Wall would be speaking to the audience. But what this game does is it speaks to Snake in terms that are going to translate to you relate to the player yeah. exactly um so anyway the whole point about talking about metal gear solid is to say the guy that 
like is the big name behind Metal Gear Solid. Uh, these games that are known for these w wild and wacky stuff that you've never seen before and subverting player expectations as well as like always knowing what the player is thinking in order to do such subversions, yada yada. What a perfect idea to have that guy work on a horror game, you <laughs> yeah, know? <right. laughs> a horror game that is gets in your head like that, you know? Perfect idea, right? So everyone's excited about PT, about the, about the new Silent Hill game, and then Konami cancels it. Right. And then after Konami cancels it um, and then there's a whole hubbub with Metal Gear Solid 5, Kojima leaves Konami completely. So this project is not happening anymore. <laughs> but then Kojima leaves Konami. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so but then uh, Kojima is, uh, you know, taken in by Sony and they're making this game called Death Stranding. Right. And uh, we saw a couple trailers for it. Oh, Norman Reedus is in it, which is funny because he was the guy that was going to be in Silent Hills, um, right? So that was like that. That was an extra nudge, you know, of like, hey, it's the Kojima thing. After PT didn't work out, look at Death Stranding. Look how weird it is. Also, Norman Reedus is in it. Norman Reedus is a really cool person, IRL, from what I understand, and it seems like. Oh a, yeah. I, I mean, following his tastes, there's a um. There's a YouTuber I followed back in my early, early, like when I was just doing moto vlogs on YouTube, which, you know, essentially strap a camera to my helmet and talk to it uh, while I ride. Uh, there was a guy who um, he became one of the biggest, actually the biggest moto vlogger on YouTube at that point. He became, after he applied, uh, an extra on the set of Walking Dead, a guy named Do It With Dan. Awesome guy, good channel, um, and he uh, he had a Honda VMAX project bobber that he had. It's a it's a V4 engine, really cool. You'd you'd like the way it looks. It would remind the exhaust system would remind you of Cloud's bike. But either way, um, he uh, he said, uh, you know, we brought our bikes, and that was like a bonus to us getting on the set as an extra. Like we had set stuff that they didn't have to go out and buy. So essentially they had, you know, he brought his bike. It fit with the theme of the set color wise because all they were doing in this episode was creating like we, we needed extras for a biker gang to come in to make this scene. And then uh, I'm not going to spoil the show, but they, they fire a rocket launcher at all the bikes. So, they, you know, Norman Reedus's bike and his bike are in there and it, it blows like, you know, the scene they have all the CGI explosions and they blow up the bike, yada, yada. And he was talking about, uh, I think he talked about this in the video, but he was like, yeah, Norman Reedus was like, hey, man, that's a really cool bike. Because like, apparently he's, he's one guy who just knows his shit. It's not just a, a normal run-of-the-mill Harley. He's, gonna, he's not going to look at it and <coughs> say, oh, it's a motorcycle. It's like, oh, hey, that's a Honda, you know, that's a Honda. Um, damn it, of course I'm going to remember the, I forget the name right off the top of my head, but uh, the, whatever, V4 engine. It's not something you normally see, and it's cool, and... Uh, yeah, Norman Reedus is into that, and that's cool. Well, I like him. Norman Reedus has a show called Ride with yeah. Norman Reedus. That's like a motorcycle show, and I actually only know that because of Death Stranding. I've never seen it, but uh, I mean, I imagine it's. I mean, th there's like a couple of video game celebrity people that are motorcycle people. Like, uh, fucking Keanu Reeves has Arch motorcycles in Cyberpunk. Mm, okay. So Arch um, or Arch motorcycles is his brand. Like he, that's. That's literally his brand of motorcycles, and they're boutique, man. They're like, they're like fifty-four, fifty, sixty thousand dollar motorcycles at minimum, I think. 
we'll get into Death Stranding eventually, but uh, for now, um, there is a bike, like, more into it as for context here, but, like, for now, I just want to throw out, there is a, bu a motorcycle you can get in Death Stranding that is Ride with Norman Reedus branded, hmm. and when you're ri driving it, the main character, played by Norman Reedus in the game, says out loud to himself, this bike is so fucking cool, it should be on ride with Norman Reedus. And it's like the fun, like this is a, <laughs> he says this while you're playing the game. It's, it's good stuff. Sounds like a, but, sounds uh, like a Tony Hawk line. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so uh, Kojima's teasing this game called, called Death Stranding, right? It's got these really weird trailers where like naked Norman Reedus wakes up on a beach and he finds <laughs> this like baby and picks it up and is holding the baby. And then there's these big like shadow figures floating above the big ocean that he's standing in front of. And it, it, yeah, there's a bunch of dead fish on the ground and handprints in the in the sand and handprints all over Norman Reedus and stuff and all this stuff, right? Um, and it's, it's really weird, right? No one knew anything about what this game was. Uh, and then there was one interview with, with Kojima before the game came out. That was the only thing I knew about it gameplay-wise, which was that he said that, like, he said something about how the first two tools that man invented were the stick and the rope, the rope to keep your valuables held to you and the stick to protect yourself or to protect your valuables or whatever, right? Um, and he said, all like, so many games are about sticks and he wants to make a game about ropes, huh. right? And that was it. And I was like, okay, okay, Kojima. Like, I, you know, I, I love Metal Gear Solid, so I'm, like, I'm on board, right? I'm on board for the next weird thing he wants to do. So you get Death Stranding, and here it is. Uh, it comes out, and what the game is, you may have heard that, like, you know, I, I don't even really want to talk about, like, the plot and story all that much, at least not at, at, the, at, at the start. It's very Kojima, though, as in, like, it's very overly complicated and overly dramatic, um, even though Metal Gear Solid didn't start that way. But anyway, let's talk about the gameplay, because I want to say that... Death Stranding is truly like no game I ever played before where um, it's it's very weird because on one hand, it's like every game, except it doesn't play at all like any of them. You know what I mean? Kind of uh, what the purpose of the game is a lot of the time is delivering packages Sometimes the package delivery is a main quest and it's going to it's going to advance the plot and you have a very good idea of what you're bringing and why, you know. But other times it's just like, uh, I don't know. I've got this soil uh, that this uh, that the other guy wants to uh, examine, right? So bring it to him, right? And so you are Norman Reedus and you load up on these quests that are like, this is the package, and this is where it's going. Um, it wait, I, it's can I interrupt you big, for a second? I, uh -huh, I, I, uh -huh. I'm remembering, I'm, all I'm remembering is I just, I've, wait, I've been waiting for so long for this project, mm -hmm. um, Death Stranding, that is, and I'm just thinking, after, after all this time, what is this game going to be like after playing PT? Obviously, it's not the same game, but what can I expect? And then all I'm getting from what you're telling me is... Uh, 
my reaction being <laughs> remember when that episode of futurama when fry fry finds out that his uh new job a thousand years in the future is to deliver packages yeah i'm yeah. a delivery boy Woo! That, that's episode one <laughs> yeah that's uh that's that's what i'm thinking it's like oh because you deliver things in this game right the, the whole episode <laughs> is that he's from the year 2000 and now that he's in the year 3000 he doesn't want to be a delivery boy anymore yep. but then he finds out that it's it's space packages in a spaceship um <laughs> so but you deliver packages uh, on this little boat on this little bike that norman Reedus gets a little product place well you don't down. have the bike right away oh, okay so so first it's like you are just norman Reedus, right and yeah it's like you take the quest so the quest is you know the package is this big it weighs this much and it's going here and you're like yeah okay give me another one though right i also want to get this package that weighs this much and is this big and is going there right and you uh, like eventually you're loading up on as much stuff as you can to where it's stacked twice as high as norman Reedus is tall on his back right and you just and you walk and you 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 leave the city because this the cities are like they're these weird future underground cities um and you leave the 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 town and you're on the trail right and the first thing you notice is this game is fucking gorgeous like the the areas that you're in you know the the grassy fields and the fucking mountains with the snow on them and the rivers running through and stuff like it is amazing looking right and you just gotta walk to this other place you know but for once this like it it there are so many mechanics to the walking there that is important like for one thing the game's got this whole mechanic where rain this is like a post-apocalyptic world where rain has become they call it time fall and it's like when water comes into contact with things it rapidly ages them yeah so hang on i want to i want to figure out what's going on here there's been so much from the outside that i don't understand about this world so it's it seems like is there like another dimension merging like kind of like with zen here going on what's there's like there's there's shadow fucking horror entities that lie in the ground but you can't see them but they make footprints and they'll kill you if you don't if you don't if you don't if you're if you move or something like it's all uh it's all like living world dead world kind of yeah, thing there's like a like, weird uh, physics theme going on i guess here is that something yeah, i don't understand it, it's a big thing about like about yeah like like uh, souls of the dead uh, and stuff. Honestly, some of it I don't totally remember. Um, it's but, not like uh, spoiler material, is it? No, no. Um, at least not not as far as I'm explaining. Um, so yeah, the 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 setup to the world is really crazy. Where yeah, there's these ghosts, you know, that attack you, um, and also also water. Uh, water rapidly ages what it touches, you know? So it's like as you are, as you have all these packages and you're walking, you, uh, you have to like consider your balance a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes Norman Reedus will get off balance, you know? And then you gotta like grab onto yourself or whatever. And, and, and it's like the one game that I've ever seen where as you are walking, you actually have to look at where you're fucking going. You know what I mean? Really? You're not just looking at the horizon. You're not looking at a number of, you're this many meters away, you know, ticking down. You're not looking at a mini-map, you know? Waypoint. Right. 
you are looking at the ground in front of your feet to make sure that you're not going to trip over something or something. You know what I mean? No, and why you are actually you doing have... that? Can you actually trip in this game? Yes. Because okay. uh, <laughs> Because like you said, what if we made walking annoying? Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> uh, And that's Death Stranding. It's like a game where you actually have to pay the fuck attention to where you're going so that you don't fall over. Because if you fall over, you're going to damage the packages, Knox. You're going to damage oh. the packages. Is this a, pa- is this a delivery boy game? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that you the primary muted objective? for a second there. What'd you say? Oh, is this a delivery boy game? Is that what's happening? Well, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Is that like you pick up these you pick up these quests that are deliver these packages and uh, and you're off on your way. And the delivery is I'm walking there, right? And God, there's so many mechanics I don't know where to start with just <laughs> walking there. First of all, like I said, you got to think about your balance and you can't move around too weirdly or you'll fall off balance, especially if you have a lot of packages, if you're like at, capa- at weight capacity, you know. But then also, you're going to come across a little river, you know, sometimes. And it's like, how are we going to get across this river? There's a bunch of ways to do it. You could walk around, maybe, like if, the, if there is an around to walk to. You, you can use a scanner that scans the depth and find the most shallow part to walk through that, you know. You could take a, um, you can take a ladder. Now we're getting into tools. You can take a ladder with you, you know, that's going to take up some room and some weight on your package limit, but the ladder you can lay down and then walk across it to get over the river, right? Um, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, you know, and, or, and then sometimes you're, you're moving around and there's like, uh, th- there's just like some, some bad territory, right? As in like really rocky kind of stuff. And, you know, in those kinds of places, you might have to kind of crouch down a little bit more as you move, uh, and just be generally more careful. Sometimes there's BTs. Those are the ghosts, right? And now all of a sudden it's a stealth game and you got to stealth through these BTs, right? Yeah. And so then, these BTs, what, what are BTs? I don't know. They're ghosts. Well, they're ghosts I, with them with like umbilical for? cords. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what BT stands okay. for. Yeah, they're BTs, but your BB can see them. Okay, by the way, you also have a baby on you the whole time. A be- literal it's baby. Called a baby. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a bri- it's a bridge baby, right? Okay. All right. So you got your bridge baby, uh, and he's and he's hooked up to a scanner, and that scanner is like what told you how deep the the river was a minute ago. Oh, the baby's now- hooked up to the scanner, the little shoulder mm-hmm. scanner. I was wondering yeah, how yeah. that worked. Okay. But then also the scanner can tell you where the ghosts are because the baby, the bridge baby, you see, he's your bridge to the other side, you know. So that's why he lets you see the ghosts. Um, uh, and, and, you know, there's all this kind of stuff going on, but hang on. There's like way cooler stuff too. All right. So also while you're walking, let's say you're just walking through some grass or there's a lot of rocks and stuff like that. This game, and maybe I'm not exactly right about this, but I think I am. I think that this game, whenever you get into a new region, this game is like asynchronously online always. It's, oh. it's on. It hooks you up to a server. You can play it single player. You can play it offline. Okay. But it hooks you up to a server traditionally, and what you do affects other people's worlds also. Let's say you put that ladder down to walk across that river. That ladder appears in other people's games oh. also, and they can walk across it too. Huh. 
they can even like it. You know likes? You know when you like things on the internet? You can like someone's ladder, and it gives them points in their game. Uh, well, okay, the, how is this implemented? It's How is this awesome. explained? How is well, this explained? Hang on. Well, likes are the currency of the world. Uh... It, it gets real weird thematically. Um, you, we'll, we'll, you son we might, of a bitch. <laughs> we might get into that. But there's other stuff too. Like if the if the area is generally grassy and rocky and shitty and bad for walking, but everyone is walking through it anyway. If a lot of people walk through an area, it will actually pad it down and clear the rocks and form a path through that place based on how players are playing. And uh, and then it gets into some other stuff, too. Like, let's say a ladder is not cutting it. It's a much bigger, uh, uh, like, river that you have to get over. It's deeper or that kind of thing. Can I mm -hmm. ask about the path? The path, is that something voluntarily that the, uh, the, p the player has to enter, or is that just chosen by player behavior as in this is a hot spot of where all players have been moving through this area recently therefore we're going to do x i'm not positive but i think it's the latter okay like i'm not sure that this mechanic even existed that's, it's just like what i think is happening that's badass man so like yeah he here's like here's the thing i think i'm a little bit late to the party on that that game phantom abyss i talked about a couple episodes back it is the first ever asynchronous multiplayer game I think I can think I've ever say I say that I've ever played but uh, I was fascinated by it because it's like I love a game that doesn't require that you play with other players uh, but I love a game even more that shows you how other players stack up um, and not just in a now that you're done here's the scoreboard kind of way it's like hey other players are actually manipulating this world that you are in and this may be your only interaction with another player. And that's not mm -hmm. even an interaction with another player. That's appreciating what another player has done, whether that not they've chosen to. You know, it's like, it's cool that, like, okay. In what sense would would uh, would, would six-year-old uh, Dash be able to uh, comprehend, hey, uh, this other person who played Mario down the block uh, did this on this level? And now this Koopa doesn't behave that way anymore on your level. Mm -hmm. Like, what? <laughs> right. Excuse mm -hmm. me? Totally. That's a fucking concept right there. And I think that's mm -hmm. underrated and underappreciated. Because, man, it's, it's going to be a side effect of always online games, right? But, like, if a game can be asynchronous, it doesn't have to be online. It can just, like, connect once 10 years ago. And then you right. can play with all this data that players you know, have just readily available for you to access because they played it too. But they played it at a point in life where those people, dude, those players may not even be alive in the real life. <laughs> dude, that's that's the craziest shit. Like, I mm -hmm. think the first instance I heard about this, I was, um, it was like a tear jerky moment, man. It was on that, sh it was on a, one of these like tech blogger websites uh, a while back, back when, uh, back when, uh, you know, news websites were uh, pe things people visited without linking from other websites for like social media. But like it was a website that was talking about a video game. It was a racing game about a, a player who uh, could see his dad's best lap time as a oh, ghost yeah. mm -hmm. on the track. And he would 
play it was i think it was actually an n64 game i want to say and he loaded up that n64 game and he played it and uh he would never beat his dad's time because he would never want to see his dad you know because his dad his father died in real life uh, right so he that was like a, a weird connection he had with him and man that's so weird you can be playing with people who have passed away and and yeah. you can play with them it's we're do okay yeah they're now, a ghost in the game it's it's a it's a mind fuck anyway totally <laughs> and 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 so i'm 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 doing the thing now where where it's we're not talking about death stranding cuz it's like bringing up everything else but <laughs> it's so weird to me hearing you explain this that you haven't played the fucking souls games yet cuz that's like that's like they what are, popularized right? it in the modern i think in like modern day asynchronous multiplayer the souls games are kind of what started it with the fucking bloodstains you know oh. like when could you explain? Demon okay, Souls. so uh, so I I I'm I've, I've played Dark Souls, but I, I I've heard there's asynchronous things about it, but I don't know about them. What, what does do it do? Do do you remember there being blood stains in Dark Souls that you could touch? I really didn't play it for that long. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So when Demon Souls came out, right, it was this thing where it's like this game is so hard, it's unbelievable, you know. But but this game is so hard. But when you die your blood stain is visible in other people's games. And so if you see a blood stain, you know that someone has died here recently and you kind of know, you kind of know to look out, you know? And if you touch the blood stain, you actually like see their ghost for a second, mm -hmm. like do its last 10 seconds of its life or whatever. And so of course, if you see a lot of blood stains, then you know, like something's really up, you know, but then there's also messages. You can write messages on the ground and then those appear in other people's games, you know, just at some point. Right. And that kind of just reminds me of what you were just talking about, where it's like someone, you know, someone could be not alive yeah, anymore, but it, their but their message is in the game still. Well, think about um, it. Like, think about it from a technology aspect. I would say, oh man, okay. So I am not a history buff. Let me put that out there right now. But I would say a hundred years ago, a century ago, we just got the ability to talk to someone over a fucking wire. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. What? How mm -hmm. does that make sense? So like. Now, with video game, man, video games became popular in the very end of the last century, you know? So, like, we're just now getting to this point, now that video games are online, where we can experience playing with people as if we were sitting right next to them, even though they're not alive anymore. And I think that's, that's we, we can say that, but man, it's a real, you don't really understand what a mindfuck is until you're actually playing with someone right next to you. And in this case, this kid's, you know, dad was, you know, racing mm -hmm. him. So it's like, it's the first instance, I think, ever, you know, that it, it, it's that we've been able to actually experience in a physical, provable, manifestable way, you know, having mm -hmm. an experience with someone who's not alive. And that's mm -hmm. that's that's insane. I mean, of course it's the difference is time. Time is the factor and that's the key in the illusion here. But like it's just it's just fucking wild. It's I, I don't think our you know, ape brains are prepared for that. Yeah, and like the 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 idea of a ghost to race against is like the perfect example also because there's save files, right? Of thing, you know, you can you can find a save file from someone of an RPG or something, right? And wow, you load up their party. Oh my gosh, look at look at their party. That's right? true. But I that's, didn't think about that. Yeah, but that's not like playing against them, right? 
that it's it's that's like such a deeper level of like because you know you you yeah that's crazy it's a form um, of intimacy you would never expect to, to experience and then when it happens dude it's like it's like finding uh finding a video uh from a youtuber you know who's not alive anymore and like mm -hmm. seeing you know it's it's especially like behind the scenes videos it's like being able to see and experience the perspective of someone who literally can't even be there to tell you about it is just mm -hmm. such a bizarre concept that i think we're we're a lot more alien to than we think we are like i think um people our age you and i i think we probably take you know probably probably take for for granted just how much information that we even we use i mean kids today uh, fucking kids today probably have so much you know with smartphones but like even us growing up with the internet is so much fucking information and so much experience that it's like it's like how did you know it's weird it's weird to see from how, where we're going to go from here cuz it's like mm -hmm. where does this go there's no pattern from from even a century ago that we can start off from here it's like oh man you got to play metal gear solid because metal gear solid <laughs> 2 gets into some shit about this kind of topic you know yeah. uh yeah that um that is crazy because it's like oh it's like every year the game gets more relevant you know it came out really? originally oh yeah it came out originally in like what 2004 or 2006 or something oh it was a um, ps2 game wasn't it it's a ps2 yeah. game metal gear solid 2 is and yeah like the end of that game gets into some shit that you're like holy shit they are talking about 2020 you know it's <laughs> nuts um uh yeah Amazing. it's it's crazy uh, but anyway, anyway, back to Death Stranding. So, um, so yeah, there's other stuff you can do also that affects other players' games. Like, sometimes you'll be like, I want to build a bridge over this water, right, or something. Um, and, like, you, you, set, you, you set up a foundation for it, and then other players can contribute. You know, they see the foundation, and then they can contribute the materials that finishes it, you know. And then, yay, there's a bridge that everyone can use now. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and that's really cool. So you're walking along. You're taking the, 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 the well-beaten path if you want to be safe, you know. You're using things that other people have built. You're putting down things of your own you know these different buildings and stuff because uh, there's other little things like you can put down a, a, a generator that recharges batteries that power different things in the game and stuff um, and all that kind of thing uh, and and then and then there's also this aspect of like lost packages so you set out with your packages from this one place that are going to another place you know but as you walk there are a bunch of packages that are just on the ground you know that uh in the story other porters other other you know as in other uh delivery boys have dropped you know some of them are just generated by the game but some of them are actually packages that another player dropped you know and you can pick it up and finish their quest for them now and you both get points for that you know oh. um and so that's a thing so it, and, and a lot of the time it's dangerous though you know you're on the well-beaten path right now and this thing is off you know over there is it worth the time and the effort to you know go over there and get it you know and that kind of thing um 
And so eventually you make it to this other place that you were going, you know, and you turn in all the packages. Yay, good job. You get a bunch of points for doing the thing that you did and the quest is checked off. You did that one, you know, uh, and your level goes up and whatnot. And, 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 and that's like the, the very basic gameplay flow, but it gets into some really unique challenges where, first of all, the world is not only gorgeous, but the layout of it is really interesting where, like, the path that goes from this place to this place to this place, you know, there's Which game multiple... we talking about Death Stranding. Death, I, I thought we were still talking about Dark Souls for a second. Oh, okay. no, I'm talking about delivering packages Okay, here. good, yeah. Well, I thought you... Because um, you, you were saying... Um, it, I thought you were saying in Dark Souls there was, like, quests that you could finish. Or, but you're talking about just purely Death Stranding now. Okay. Yeah. So people can do quests or leave items and you can turn in quests in in Death Stranding and then get the reward for that quest. Yeah, like as you as you're walking along, you might see a package that another player dropped in their game oh, and you okay. can pick it up and finish it for I them. What you mean. All right. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So so just the layout of the different places that you go between is generally interesting. Like the world is just really really visually interesting and really fun to just walk through. Is it through. a big open world? Uh yeah, like it's it's there's multiple sections, but the middle one especially yeah, is like really big. Um and and generally quite open, but it's interesting because even though it's very open, you can't necessarily go everywhere right away because of your limited technology and whatnot. For example, there's one area, there's one like town that's really close to another town, but there's a mountain between them, you know? And at the start of the game, you can't just climb that mountain. There's snow, it's too steep, uh, you know, there, there's like lots of stuff kind of in the, in, the, in the way of you finishing that quest, you know? But at some point, you kind of build this whole road that goes around the mountain the long way. And now it's like, okay, now I've got this road and I've got vehicles unlocked. So now it's like, yeah, just load all the packages up in the truck. Now, suddenly, the game's not walking anymore. You get into the second area. Now you're driving a truck delivering shit. I've seen and the you truck, yeah. And you worked for this truck is the thing. Okay. Oh, I got to tell you, like, oh, this game is so good. It's like, um. Can you lose the truck? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. But you can, you, you can build another one also, Well, too. yeah, but you said but, you, you seem to put some umbrage in the, we, I, I worked for this truck, you know? Well, this is the thing. Before I even unlocked the truck, the bad guys have trucks. And one time, <laughs> I went into the bad guys' camp and they, the the bad guy the, the, so they've got oh gosh so there so there's these bad guys right that have these encampments and they they guard them you know and i went in there with my fucking string and my rubber bullets and i uh, and i knocked every motherfucker out in that whole town uh, and it was tough right but i knocked every single person out and then I got into one of their trucks and drove it over to their warehouse full of, full of building materials, and I loaded their truck up with their building materials and drove it out of there and delivered it all to, like, places. Oh, it was so awesome. Dude. It was just like a, it was just a thing I decided to do, you know? Man. It wasn't... It wasn't like a quest. I just wanted to do it. I wanted those materials because I wanted to build some bridges, you know? And then I used that truck in my deliveries. Then I started loading it up with 
regular ass deliveries for regular quests <laughs> and drove those around. It was awesome. And then later you actually like unlock the ability to make trucks, you know, but you got to do the quest for it and stuff. Dude, um, you, you this is I'm I'm going to keep saying this. I think you need to play more PvP centric games because you, specifically because you would be insanely good at them. And that's that's <laughs> why I dude, you have okay. So as soon as you said that, you reminded me of Sea of Thieves because that is one of the funnest things to do. To like, there's mind games you can play in Sea of Thieves, right? So the progression of the game is you start, you get supplies, you go do shit, you get loot for shit, you get more loot if you want, or you just go turn it in, right? So loot's worthless until you turn it in. All mm-hmm. it does is attract people to attack you. So... Yeah. Uh, You want loot. That's similar to Death Stranding. When you have a lot of packages, the bad guys, they want them. Exactly. So you don't have to to, to, to fucking kill anyone. You don't have to sink them. You can fucking use voice chat and play mind games and create alliances with people. Go join alliances. Go join alliances, finger quotes, uh, and, and then start sowing discord between those alliances. There's so many things you can do. But one of the things people do is just like, oh, fuck, well, that ship sank. Well, I'm going to go just be a scavenger. I'm going to take all the treasure. I'm going to go turn it in for them. They won't get any of the treasure unless they're in an alliance with me, and then, then they'll get a share of it. But either way, I could just go and sneak on a fucking player ship who's not sunk at all right now, and I could just, you know, they're on an island. They're in, they're anchored right now because they're noobs and they have their sails down. So they're they think that anchoring with their sails down will will allow them to escape quickly. But all that means is, well, all that means is they're anchored. And when I when I go to uh, to unanchor and I can steal their ship, it's just it's faster because I don't have to put the sails down when I take it. So uh, I could do that, or I could just go fuck them up and and take all their treasure, or I could just quietly quietly mm-hmm. sneak on their ship while they're questing on the island slowly load all their treasure not 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 fire off a gunshot not fire a cannon not make a sound just stealthily take all their treasure put it on there if they have a rowboat put it on the back in, in the rowboat detach the rowboat and just quietly sail off with all their treasure into the night if i wanted to i could i could do that mm-hmm. you know there's there's so much you can do but like yeah you, see, you get enthusiastic this... about this and i'm like dude you're too good at video games to not be doing this against other people <laughs> right so th- this is very interesting now that you bring it up yeah the death stranding is actually kind of similar to sea of thieves in that way right because, like, yeah, a lot of the game does become about, like, protecting your packages from the people who are after them, you know? And when you, and s- then when you said that it was an asynchronous game, uh, I thought about how it compared to Sea of Thieves in that. Because when you load in, you could have a better shot at other players who just load in. Because you could load in, and you could load into an outpost where another player had just turned in all their treasure and scuttled their ship and logged off for the night. And what that means is anything left is left so if they had a storage crate even if it's empty or fuck even more if it's if it's if it's not empty you have a ship you you have a fucking storage crate which is like essentially a bag of holding uh a bottomless bag of holding for 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 resources for your ship you could start in grab that throw it on your ship and be at an instant advantage over everyone in your area because somebody mm-hmm. else just left a storage crate while they logged off you know when their ship scuttles the treasure stays um, I think in Sea of Thieves, treasure will float uh, on the surface for five whole uh, r- real real minutes before it will begin to sink. 
So you can you can take other people's shit for as long as it's there, basically. Five minutes is a long time in a video game. Yeah. Um so there's a lot more mechanics though. Um like it, so so death stranding? Yeah. yeah. So like first you're walking around, you got the packages, and then and then like I mentioned though, there's combat with these people, right? You you uh have a lot of different like tools you can use against them you know um first of all your main weapon really that you always have is the strand it's just a rope you can just sneak up behind a guy choke him out or if a guy tries to melee you oh you can do a doodad on him these are not players you know, give him, right no yeah, okay. give him the dipsy doodle you know and parry him and then choke him out you know and that's boom that's just your your basic melee weapon with your punching and stuff you can also like throw packages at people like the game's got a a system where oh my god there's so much, there's so many it's funny explaining a kojima game to somebody <laughs> because there's all there's always so much detail in them like if you hold the R2 button when you're next to a package, the main character will pick it up with their right hand and they'll just hold it. Most of the time the packages are on your backpack or they're attached to your suit somewhere, but if you hold down R2, he'll just hold it in his right hand. And if you hold down L2, he'll pick up a package in his left hand, and he'll just hold those in his hands as long as you're holding those triggers. And you can still melee guys that way, and he just hits them with the packages. And on top of that, if you throw a punch and then release the trigger while he's throwing the punch, you will throw with a package. Like, at a guy, you know? Um, is it like, so you a, can throw like, a, like, this is just ragdoll out of your hand, or? Yeah. Huh. Uh, and, uh, and, and so you can, you can take people out that way. Uh, you can also get, like, a, a grappling gun, like a sticky gun, it's called, where you can pull the packages right off of guys, you know, uh, and take them for yourself. <laughs> it's got shit where, like, you uh, later there's, like, a bola gun, you know, that shoots bolas that tie dudes up, and then you run and you kick them in the head to, to you know, knock them out, actually. Well, well I, hope Otherwise, I hope you're enjoying this, uh, uh, this Nox recruits dash into Sea of Thieves stream, but I want to let you know that there is uh, an implement two of which are on the front of every ship in Sea of Thieves, which is a harpoon gun. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a great thing for... It's mo it mostly gets used uh, to most efficiently and quickly get loot onto a ship because you harpoon each individual piece of loot and you can just pick it right up off yeah. the hook. But like, you do it to players too. And when players are just swimming towards you, most likely to try and board you, get on their ladder and kill you, or if they have a keg, they can blow you up. It's super disorienting to be harpooned out of the water because in that game, when you're harpooned, the whole process takes like maybe half a second. You're 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 swimming. You hear a very loud uh, <laughs> metal arrow go through a, a hard object, and all of a sudden, you're teleported to the boat that just harpooned you. So if you're trying mm -hmm. to go there and kill somebody, and all of a sudden, you're just caught and just like ripped from wherever the experience you were at was in, and you're on their ship being sliced at by people, you know, it's a valid PvP tactic, so it's fun. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, the sticky gun. Oh my gosh, there was this one time where like I was driving my truck. I had a truck full of packages, and there and but I was getting kind of low on battery because everything's battery powered. Uh, but there was just one more river that I had to that I had to get over. But there was no bridge or anything. But I was like, ah, it's just a little river. I'm just gonna drive through it, you know, and just real quick. My my uh 
truck ran out of batteries right in the middle of the river and then like i think despawned because it just like <laughs> i don't know something it despawned but all of the packages the truck load of packages in the back of it all then started floating down the river oh. you know and i was like fuck and so i started running after him and i tried to get in there to get him but like i lost my footing you know in the river and i started oh no now i'm caught in the river <laughs> but i but then i so then i paddled my way over to the side and i got out uh and they all and the river deltaed off into like a lake you know and i'm like fuck all these packages are just in this lake now so i had to then to, to the place where i was going to deliver the packages i had to walk there on foot now get there build a sticky gun to then bring back to the lake and then like harpoon you had to all of my packages yeah well, I mean, as in, like, turn in some resources and get a gun, oh, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but then, you know, bring it over to the lake and, like, fish out all of all the packages <laughs> out of the water, you know, and catch them all and then, and then walk them to the place. And But the thing is also, it was a truckload. It was not a man load. So, like, I had to also... <laughs> Oh right, I had to build. I had to go back to the place and build a truck and the gun. This is the FedEx, drive FedEx driver's worst day, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> to then drive the truck to the lake, get all the packages out, put them in the new truck, and drive that. Uh, and it was so fun. Like it was. <laughs> you so had to good. put it in the new truck because the new truck is dry. <laughs> right. Um, Did the water affect so, the actual quality of the packages? Uh, it's fine as, as long as, uh, the, so it's fine as long as you don't fall, basically. Like, like what the, what the time fall will do is it weakens the casing, you know? Uh, so then if you actually like, if, if any actual impact happens to them, it'll do more damage if they've been, you know, if they've been, uh, deteriorated, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, only the armor, essentially, deteriorates okay. over time. But you're fine as long as you don't, like, fought trip or something, you know? Yeah, because to uh, contrast Sea of Thieves, <laughs> because there's, like, there, there's a faction called the Merchant Alliance, which, you know, everyone's a pirate, but if you're a part of the Merchant Alliance, well, then you're a trading ship. And one of the supplies you were, you, you were recruited to gather is, uh, in the more advanced areas of the game, one of the items that you can gather is called, like, it's like a crate of exotic... I know for a fact it's not crate of exotic silks, but it's another fabric that would otherwise be destroyed if it touches water. Mm -hmm. Problem is you're playing a game called Sea of Thieves, so it's going to be in the water. So essentially, uh, most of the time you find this loot, it's going to be on land, and it, it's one of the p few pieces of loot that if you carry it to your boat rather than putting it on a rowboat and then taking the rowboat to the boat or using the harpoon gun I mentioned just a, just a minute ago uh, and harpooning it straight to the boat, the item will visibly start to deteriorate. So if it mm. gets wet, you can see the actual things in the crate that you're carrying start like almost melting. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it actually has a level at which uh, when you turn the item in for the quest, uh, you, you get more and more gold based off of the condition of the item. So, right. yeah, pretty cool uh, thing to, to, to draw a parallel there, too. Games are coming up with cooler techniques to, uh, to, to immerse you in ways that aren't annoying that I appreciate. Totally. So uh, the only, the, the, the worst, um, it, it's interesting. So, so the, the whole other 
aspect of uh, of Death Stranding. Well, so I mentioned that like there's vehicles, right? But then later, now you're in the mountains at some point, and everything is snowy, and now you're having to have like all terrain oh. purpose, like snowshoes and that kind of stuff. Let me and, ask about that. So the design mm-hmm. of the vehicles is like. When I saw the when I saw this truck that I think you're talking about, because I saw some sort of vehicle, it looked like a lunar lander. Why do we have these like lunar lander vehicles looking things? And in a, in a, explain a lunar lander. So, what do you mean? Okay, uh, you know in Halo, did you ever notice how it was weird that the warthog had one arm for every wheel instead of a shared axle? Uh, I've played Vigilante Eight Second Offense. Where oh, you, you drive- haven't played Halo. No. Okay. Okay. So a warthog has four, but you, okay, four but wheels. You're talking about, but you you, you like, get what I'm talking about. So like instead okay, of like yeah. uh, instead of like an axle with 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 leaf springs or or you know springs as suspension, like most yeah. cars have or trucks have rather, they had like the wheel was attached to an arm and the arm would yeah. just bend and that was its method of like you know having good suspension in a very rocky rough terrain so like and i and i noticed that the car in or where the truck in death stranding in the footage i saw looked like a freaking like alien like it looked like a, a, a vehicle meant to be ultra reliable in an area where humans won't be there to service it you know what i mean it looked like a lunar mm. lander it had like these big donut tires it was like had arms for for wheel am i thinking of a vehicle that maybe you haven't unlocked yet or something like uh I feel like it's, it's pot it's possible it's in the director's cut that i haven't played okay I or it's possible you're now. thinking of the motorcycle because the motorcycle has kind of a weird thing where like the front tire can split into two front tires Ooh, maybe that is uh that. or something and those are kind of on arms yeah Let me see. um so you might be thinking of the bike uh but anyway, so yeah, later you get into like a snowy mountainous area and now it's like the vehicles aren't any good anymore. So now you're back on your feet and there's other technology that you need to use to kind of help you in those places, you know, and it's just, oh. it's really cool the way that the game keeps changing up the, the gameplay with the level designs. What's up? No, I, I, I found it. I, I was thinking of the truck. It's like, it's, it's got the word bridges on it. Maybe I just don't remember what it looked like well, here, Death. It's also that I don't remember what it looks like because I'm looking at it now and looking at the pictures, and it actually lo- does look like a traditional two-axle vehicle rather than actually just having independent arms per okay. wheel. Okay, it it does look a little different than I remember, though. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I, I noticed uh, when watching it, uh, it was either how good the game is at presenting to you the articulation of the suspension of a vehicle or it was that the vehicle just had insanely good articulation in general but it was very much like um a a mix of like almost to the complexity of a game like spin tires or mud runners or snow runners for those people who've played that uh with like the driving and physics engine of like the Mass Effect games, where you're driving the Mako when you're doing the extra planetary exploration, it kind of looks like a mix yeah. of those two things, and it, I, it, it looks fun to me. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the vehicular stuff in Death Stranding. You do gotta play along with the game, though. Um, it, it definitely, if you try to do anything kind of wacky with the vehicles, uh, it it is the jankiest feeling part of the game, especially because of how good the physics are and how much attention to detail there is on walking. <laughs> when you get to driving, it's a little jankier and weirder, you know? Um, 
But as long as you play along and you understand the rules that they're giving you, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot. You, you really get into like some of the deliveries um, uh, optionally. Like there's so many different ways to tackle one delivery. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Where it I'm, might be like I'm realizing just how much I structurally hate this truck in this game. I'm looking at oh, all the yeah. models of it, and I'm just looking at the design of it. It's like so. If you're looking at a picture of it alongside me, it, it might help you to visualize. If you look at the very front of the truck, or if you've played this game, if you look at the very front of the truck. There is all this clearance in the world. It looks like there's almost one and a half or two straight feet of clearance between the front tires and the front fender where like the headlights of the of the truck are. So it like implies that it has all this area for the wheels to rotate up and down with you know to, with the geometry of the of where you're driving. But there's like no actual suspension on the tires it looks like it's mm -hmm. meant like they would just like flop it around like this on the tiniest little axle so like and also that i mean like there's it, it's it's cool that they're offset axles it looks like they have portal axles for for people who don't know what that means it's like the axle is not centered at the wheel hub it's higher for more wheel lift but like it looks like it somebody took a car chassis and then put an eight foot tall truck on top of it but didn't do mm -hmm. anything else. <laughs> so there is a lot of like lift and lower on the trucks also. Oh, okay. Depending on like how you're, what you're driving on and that kind of thing. Like they kind of, it, like it lowers the, off the ground, like up and down at command. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so, but yeah, you, you, you know, you definitely get into some stuff that's like, oh, I'm going to load the packages up on my back and then take the zip line over here. And then I'm over there, I've got a truck prepared and I'm going to put them in the truck and then we're going to drive them uh, down the road. But then the place is kind of off. So then at that point, we're, you know, like the, you, you get into like uh, very complicated ways of how you're going to do it fast and without damage. And mm -hmm. it's all good. Uh, but anyway, anyway, but yeah, you do got to kind of get into the story a little bit. And the whole idea of the story yeah. is that uh, every once in a while, there's a delivery you make that is particularly important, you know? Like, well, actually, like, can we start a little bit earlier? Because if you mm -hmm. look at all the trailers of Death Stranding, there's, <laughs> there's so much to unpack. Like, Okay, uh, your game trailer is that I just woke up naked on a beach with a dead or with with a baby and a bunch of dead whales or and, and shit are all around me on the beach and now yeah. things are being sucked into the sky. I don't. Th I think the what you said earlier a second, a second ago was, was perfect because it's like, yeah, you might need to explain a little bit about the story. <laughs> right, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the game definitely wants to throw you into that and have you be like, what the fuck, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for a minute. Um, and it, it's the story is very weird because there is this implication that everything is very well thought out and that everything is very... Uh, uh, what's the word when it's not accidental? Everything is very deliberate, deliberate you know? Deliberate, yeah. Um, and, uh, but like whenever they explain it to you, it sounds like a bunch of hoo-ha, you know? Uh, like whenever you get like an actual exposition dump of what's happening, it's like, all right, I guess, you know, it's, it's all very weird and silly kind of, um, basically, dump? well, yeah. So basically the, the, the game has a lot of themes about like, um, 
you know, it's a, this this is the kind of thing, by the way, that's very difficult for me to explain if it's been more than like a week that, since I've played the game. Because gotcha. uh, th- this kind of stuff goes goes out of my head a little bit after I play a game. But from what I remember is um, there is a lot of... Oh, man, I, I, it's, it's difficult for me to, to speak on because I... I feel like I'd have to play the game again. I don't even remember. We're we talking lore wise here, theme wise, oh, okay. like thematically. I'm trying to remember shit about the game. I yeah, even like, okay, let me let me. So put far, it to what you, you what way. you told me so far, it sounds like okay. We've gone from talking about PT, <laughs> which is a mm-hmm. horror game essentially, to uh, you have described mud runners with norman reedus <laughs> yeah oh but don't forget the bridge baby though the well, bridge is with you the whole time you have the baby so there's yeah. you're in a truck and there's great deformation and there's great articulation with your vehicle and also there's a baby <laughs> yes what else is the story <laughs> so the idea is uh plot wise you are trying to like relink the network you know, it's like there was this whole network that was like the internet, you know, essentially, and now it's gone. So and you said so, it was like death is a different dimension. Okay, I'm trying to remember what you said very earlier on. You said like there's like a different dimension, but it's not a dimension. It's like there are ghosts colliding with our world, right? Yeah, we we might get into that. I'm going to start explaining it at what I remember, okay, and it might remind me of more stuff. Um, so the idea is that you are, uh, like th- you're in the world where something happened and there's a bunch of bullshit now and, uh, the internet's gone and all of, uh, and everyone is kind of living. the internet is gone? Well, it's, it's called something else, oh. but, uh, but yeah, like the network, right, is gone and you are trying to walk you basically are on a a adventure from the east coast to the west coast of the united states uh and you are going to each important place along the way and relinking them onto the network um and some people have to be convinced you know you get there and they're like i don't like your network business you know but then you kind of convince them well you get all these benefits if you're on it you know and then and then and then you link them up and uh and that's kind of what's going on right and and um there's a whole thing about like 3d printers like uh that's how everything is made is with these 3d printers but like you can only use the printers if they're on the network or whatever how do you reconnect Um, the network in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, you walk there first of all. You walk there, and then he's got a uh, necklace that looks like it's got five USB flash drives on it. It's what it looks like, uh, and he 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 very dramatically tears it off of his neck and puts it on a thing, <laughs> and then it goes, wow, <laughs> and then and then they're on it, you know, and then it's good. Hey, you tell um, us back on existence. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry and, about uh, the outage. Yeah. <laughs> so uh and and yeah as a as a, a network engineer i can tell you that that's exactly how it works uh so 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 yeah um you plug a couple so, things in there's a resonance cascade witchcraft happens and you have internet <laughs> so that's like what you're doing and then the whole time you've got this baby that links you to the the side of death Oh, and uh, you are special for some reason, <laughs> and your pee 
uh, is good against the bad guys. Oh, also your blood uh, well, and your poop. Oh. So you, so your blood is special for some reason, and so they actually take Norman Reedus's blood. You're Norman Reedus, by the way. They actually take Norman Reedus's blood uh, out of samples when he sleeps. Uh, they they take his blood and then they make it into like blood bombs that he can throw like grenades at the ghosts, and his blood clouds kill the ghosts. Um, and also, when he pees and poops, they take samples of that also, and you also get pee and poop grenades. Norman Reedus. I, yeah, Norman Reedus is pee and poop. Nobody um, else's. Uh, it is specifically him, because he is a repatriate, which means also when he dies, he comes back for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. I never really understood why that is. Well, if someone um, dies, just humor me here. If someone dies and I see them at Applebee's next Tuesday and uh, it's totally fine and everyone already knows that guy as not a con artist. He's just a guy that dies and comes back. I may or may not be... Uh, swayed by some shady street salesman that uh, collects his poop and tells me it may give me uh, uh, everlasting life. Well, it, the poop isn't going to help anybody else, oh. it, but but it does deter ghosts. Uh, well, ghosts that's a good important quality. Yes, ghosts don't like the poo or the pee, uh, <laughs> and so you can throw <laughs> the poo-pee grenades at the ghosts, and they don't like it. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Um, so, can I ask how the pee is contained? It's, uh, it's well, it's. I think it's like a, um, it's like a grenade, kind of. Uh, is it a jar? Is it a vial? I, it's like a vial. Oh, yeah. dang! I'm so disappointed by that. Have you played Team Team Fortress Two a whole lot? I know all about Gerard. Okay, yeah. good. I might have actually talked um, about it before. <laughs> oh, I yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, Gerard uh, classic. Anyway, good. So, um. Oh, your shower water. Also, when he showers, they collect his shower water. Man, we've got Belle Delphine marketing in Hideo Kojima's game. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can also throw that at the ghosts, and they kind of don't like that either. But the pee and the poop are much more effective. Uh, and the blood actually kills the ghosts. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. So there is a biological reason for these ghosts to not like a substance. Yeah, uh, the well, the ghosts aren't just like, dude, fuck that guy. Every time we see him, he throws fucking piss and shit at right. us, dude. It's 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 his piss and shit that's good. Okay. <laughs> good. So okay. um okay, yeah, I gotta remember more uh, here. So uh uh You've given me some pretty gold context already. I think I am prepared to play this game. Okay. <laughs> no, it's really good. You should play it. Uh, it's also like very chill, you know, for that for for people who like those games that are just like you know very relaxing. Uh, during the relaxing parts, it's a very relaxing game. Um, so and yeah, thieves. 
Um, as far as like the story goes though, so as you're going through and you're seeing all this stuff, the piss and shit, the ghosts, the bridge babies. Wait, I'm sorry. One more interruption. I have a lot Mm -hmm. of important questions about the piss and shit. Okay. So when you are, uh, producing the piss and shit grenades, are there animations of Norman Reedus bending over, squatting, anything of the like? Yes. (gasps) Uh, it's... It's when you go to when you when you go into like the inn, you know, or like the places that you can sleep. Uh, you can he Norman Reedus is sitting on the uh, bed and he looks at the camera. You know, he he might even win- he winks at you sometimes. <laughs> um, and you can have him go over to the table where there is sunglasses and hat and cans of Monster Energy. No and way. you can have him put them on and drink the Monster Energy. Uh, you can have him go over to the Monster mirror. Energy specifically. Specifically Monster Energy. Paid product placement. Um, Let's go. Okay, next. And uh, you can have him go over to the to the to the mirror, you know, and look at his face in the mirror and go ah, you know, uh, and then and you can have him take a shower <laughs> or uh, pee or poop. Well, that's certainly certainly an upgrade from um, waking up as Norman Reedus and saying hello to a cockroach in a in a room. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, and so, all right. So, uh, yeah. So the, all this, all this is great. And then, and then there's ghosts. And uh, oh, and when, dude. Oh man, when you get caught by the ghosts, it's really cool. Uh, but we won't get into that necessarily. And then there's boss fights, right? There's boss fights where you're fighting like giant ghost whales and stuff, and you're throwing grenades the at them, you know. Yes. And what's the wh- what's up with the whales? There's this whole like sea creature theme to the game, where like when you get caught by the ghosts, everything gets like overtaken by water, but it's like tarry water, and it starts like raining like fucking crabs water, yeah. and shit. Uh, yeah. Um, what a day I that don't would know. be, by the way. Man, raining crabs. I've heard of raining frogs, but raining crabs yeah. can be a bit more snippy. I don't really know what the theme, what the significance, what the thematic yeah. connection is with the sea life, but that's like that's like a big part of the. Oh, oh, there's beaches. Okay, there's this whole thing yeah, where like yeah. ev- so actually, everybody has a beach. It's like the it's oh. it's like your personal afterlife is your beach. Like when you die, <laughs> you go to your beach oh. or something and some people are able to go between beaches or go to the beach and back or something. So I think that that's the sea creature thing is that like the beach represents the afterlife and so, you know, there's sea creatures or something. Um, I, I would have thought it would it, it would kind of be more along the lines of um, so I, I kind of took this when I saw the trailer initially when I saw all the Dead Sea creatures in that teaser kind of you know long before the game came out um, I was thinking like once I saw the scene where all the Dead Sea, tr- sea creatures just started falling from the sky I thought about how like okay so alright humor me this could be a little abstract uh, if you look at the ocean floor from the surface down, you know, you're just going to see a landscape and of, of mostly nothing and then just, you know, life here or there just swimming about. So if you think about it in terms of uh, that perspective, it looks a little bit more like a wasteland. And so there's been a lot of like themes I've seen before, like uh, The Simpsons did, a, did an episode about this because, of course, Simpsons did it. Um, uh, where they just drain the ocean, you know. I think it was a special Mr. Burns ocean, where <laughs> not ocean, but this episode where like 
he was hatching some scheme where he had to drain the ocean to do something. Anyway, you saw the scene of a drained ocean. So what does a drained ocean look like? It looks like a wasteland with a bunch of dead creatures. And so, like, when they, in the trailer, were kind of just, like, juxtaposing that on, hey, this is how life is like on the surface, on land. It's like, it was like a really cool environment change. And I took that to see, I, 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 I took that at, like mentally as like, a, they're kind of trying to meld environments here. Like, like you know, fuse um, worlds, the worlds are colliding that don't normally interact with each other. So mm-hmm. it was a theme well, that I, I think- thought was cool. Yeah, and I think that is thematically what is kind of happening with the living world and the dead world, you know, kind of colliding in the game. And yeah, the dead world is, uh, like, it is represented uh, oftentimes by the beach and the sea, the dead sea creatures. Um, And yeah, so uh, I basically, though, as far as the plot goes, what I'm getting at is I really liked all of that stuff. Uh, and also, you kind of you, you kind of learn more about the main character's backstory, um, and then there's this other guy who's played by Mads Mikkelsen. Oh yeah, that yeah. Uh, he really wants your bridge baby for some reason, you know. And there's some stuff with him and his time in the war and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's a bunch of stuff like that going on, he, right? He wasn't I, ever in PT. Like that was that was, he was right. like an addition to the cast. So like, I'm curious to see how his character develops. Yeah, so I like all that stuff. However, one thing, there's one aspect of the game I could not stand, which was that the big, like, thing that you were supposed to be doing about about linking all the worlds was that you were following and you were eventually trying to save this lady named Amelie. Like, the game starts out and it's like Amelie appears to you and she's like, Norman Reedus, whatever his name is in the game, I'll be waiting for you on the beach, is like what she says to him. And you're supposed to be like really intrigued by this character, you're my Amelie. Only hope. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole t- I I I hated her character because it's like there's all this great stuff happening with the story and with the themes and all that um and you're getting all this exposition that's like all right crazy Kojima this is great, you know, but everything with Amelie is extremely frustratingly vague and doesn't mean anything the whole time. And this is getting right back to that thing that I always complain about, about how, oh, there's not enough plot, so I'm getting bored, or I don't have enough motivation, so I'm getting bored. And that was the thing specifically with Amelie and Death Stranding, which was that all you ever heard was people extremely vaguely telling you that Amelie is great and you need to go save her Aww. and she's super important and everyone loves her I, right I think like this that, is a classic problem with JRPGs and it's like and, and like every once in a while there are these cutscenes where she appears right and and there seems to be a connection between her and Sam the main character's name is Sam uh, and like a, like like a like a history between them he used to like dream that he was on the beach and she was there and stuff or something beach. but it's like so it's yeah but it's all like super super vague you know and every time he's just like 
the one thing about Norman Reedus in this game is that he's he he speaks like annoyingly gravelly the entire game. Oh, like he sounds like he's really like he's talking like this all the time. So much. Uh, and yeah, he's just like, Amelie, like, wow, what are you doing here? Huh? God damn you it. You know? And 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 she's but the whole time she's like, just come for me. I'll be on the beach. You know? And it's like the the entire fucking like the entire game, you just don't know anything about who she actually is yeah. or what she actually did, and you have no reason to care about her, right? Everything else is great. I just found everything with well, her to be extremely frustrating. Do you meet her in the Have you beat the game? Yeah. Do you meet her in the end? Is she a big plot point? Yes. Okay. Well, then it's kind of resolved then, right? I mean, it's kind of there's 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 games that do that, uh, uh, stories that do that. But one of the first games that comes to my mind that does that a whole bunch is Dot Hack. The Dot Hack series, um, is supplant uh, that character for a character named Aura, and uh, mm-hmm. so Amelie is Aura, <laughs> I guess in this in this symbolic text. But this the the origin is going to be probably much different from 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 Death Stranding's. Uh, origin yeah but it's, I mean, it's one of those characters that like y- you get no information of but you're constantly reminded of so it's like okay what do i do with this useless information so, right yeah. exactly yeah and like i you know she not to spoil it you know i'll just say she does like become really important at the end but not because you understand something it's not like oh i get it now how important she is instead you get to her and then they explain to you once again how important she is with a little bit more context at least uh, not even really though they're just kind of like okay she's the most important person ever look and you're like ah all right you know so i don't know now yeah, this brings part- up an interesting parallel that i'd like to draw okay this annoys me but it makes me wonder <laughs> i still have fond memories of dot hack i like the story and the characters and such but i will admit the anime is kind of trash regardless the last of us you find mm-hmm. out that your side character it, well, okay, another important distinction. This isn't just some nebulous character that's mentioned all throughout the game. This is a character you're with the entire game. So you mm. grow a relationship with this character. But either way, you don't find out how important she is until the very end. To the story, well, because it's implied she's important the entire time because she's a human life and she's your companion. Obviously, you protect her. But like the implication of characters like what you're talking about are like, they're just oh they're the bee's knees they're the greatest thing but why and it's like the game force feeds it to you without ever giving you resolution it, on that for for drive to keep going forward yeah it tells you and it doesn't show you mm-hmm. yeah um, well with the last of us if you're t- you're talking about Ellie being immune right and being or able to create a vaccine specifically the latter to that yes. I, I mean, I thought that that was the implication the entire game. That's why you were bringing her to the Fireflies in the first place. It's because it's like, oh, shit, she's immune. We got to bring her to the people who can do something with this. So I will say I didn't pick up on that at all the entire oh, time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the fire the Fireflies were interested in us the entire time because we were a surviving colony and they knew how authoritative and tyrannical the actual like survivor colony that you lived in was 
Oh, you know, maybe you're right. Uh, and, and you know, I just, uh, nope. I'm like w- retroactively applying nope. the logic. I believe you because I, I am I am notorious for not picking up on obvious plot points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I guess that's about it with Death Stranding. Um, I mean, I I loved the game. I, I 100% of it twice. Like, I 100% nice. of it on PS4, and then it came out on PC, and I 100% of it Does on it PC. Does it do the Crash Bandicoot thing? Can you get 105%? Mm, I don't... Well, I mean, I 100% of it by my definition. I don't think there's an actual 100% counter in the game. I'm not sure, though. Man, that's a good that's a good metric right there. How I yeah. define it. Yeah, there you right, go. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I say I did everything. Fuck you. <laughs> I enjoyed your game. <laughs> Later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's awesome. I would definitely recommend checking it out. I mean, it's not a game that I would recommend to anybody because it's very weird and it's very like, you know, you yeah. It, it's a game where you got to be ready to like, you know, deal with a lot of mechanics let me ask this if you yeah would you say it's a game that you need to have followed the drama of the development history on to enjoy or can you just pick it up and enjoy it i think you could pick it up and enjoy it if you do know about the drama i think that that could make it better or worse it could make it worse in the sense that you may have overhyped the game you know yes uh, but it could make it better just because it's like, you know, there, there, there's just some fun stuff in the game that's Man, kind of... Um, I guess mm-hmm. it, we didn't say it until now, but it's a miracle that that even happened. It's a miracle mm-hmm. that Death Stranding as a project got picked up by, by so many backers. Like, I, I, I want to say, like, I, I don't want to shit on the game before ever even touching it. And I'm, and for those who are listening, please don't construe it as that. But, like, this game came from a massive disappointment. Like, there were no expectations on this game other than, hey, look at these big names working behind it. In my opinion. Because, okay, when I was following this, it was like, uh, so there's this amazing thing, this amazing precedent. Holy shit, PT is the scariest fucking thing of... I don't know, fucking 2013 or whenever that thing came out. Either Mm way, um, probably like 2015, either way. But it's like when it came out, it set a huge precedent. And it's like, well, Death Stranding is totally different. And throughout the entire development phase drama of all of what was going on between uh, Kojima uh, and and, and Konami and, and what happened, you know, in the ensuing year of him just wandering about the world, just globetrotting and finding, you know, talking with different dev studios to see who would take on his project. Like, eventually Sony having the fucking budget and, and the wherewithal to, to take it on was cool. But, like, following that was another experience. If you were just going into the game itself and experiencing it itself, would you be experiencing a run-of-the-mill, not oh, run-of-the-mills, maybe that's a little unfair. Would you be experiencing a video game as you know it, or would you be experiencing this crazy thing that everything, every everyone says is amazing because it has all these names behind it, and so it's got all this, like, you know, fancy technology and development put behind it so it looks pretty, and is it just this weird concept of a game that is, is kind of strange because it just happened because of all the drama or in all the money, or is it, you know, an actual, like, can this, can this exist as an idea uh, by, uh, uh, okay, let me rephrase that. Can this, <laughs> can this exist 
as like one game developer going, hey, I have this idea and I want to make it a video game and here it is. Yeah, Can I, it succeed I don't know. that way or is it like fucking a result of all this craziness that it, went on? It does feel like a result of everything. I do feel like if it weren't Kojima, then people might be a little harder on it. I, uh, yeah. You know, because it's, it's weird and it's, uh, it's, it's weird, very but, different. But also, it'd be, it, man, yeah, because like how do you... Uh, how do you come up with a game like this? Uh, maybe it's just weird because I've followed the drama, and I, I'm just I'm just trying to think of all the circumstances, all the dominoes that had to fall into place for this mm-hmm. game to happen. You have to create a Hideo Kojima for this game to happen, which mm-hmm. there are already a host, a library of ga- of games that that came before this that show you what kind of person Hideo Kojima is and what kind of games he can create before you realize what went into making this game. Like, there's so much to precurse this game. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I would recommend it, though. I think you should play it just because I feel like you would have a really good time with the story and being like, oh, it's so weird and silly, you know? But I then think also- I would have a, a lot of fun with the physics engine alone. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you would enjoy, yeah, the the also the chill nature of the uh, of the deliveries. But then also sometimes you're going in the enemy camps and sealing their shit, and that's great. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's my whole thing about Death Stranding, I, and that's probably that's, that's we're probably getting to be uh, getting to be time here. Yeah. Well, I wanted to end the episode on a specific thing. Um, yeah. I have uh, not been on the show for. Uh, one episode, but it's been a bunch of weeks. It's been a while between some of these episodes for those who are just kind of just you know listening from episode to episode. But uh, I in that time I got to accrue a lot of stuff in my Steam uh, recently played, and a bunch of it is not retro. Um, a, a bunch of it's modern, but that's okay because as we've demonstrated tonight, you can talk about modern games and how they have endless potential for mechanics that just haven't been created before. But either way, I've got a whole bunch of games that I could talk about, uh, but I wanted to specifically draw in a topic, uh, or the, the attention to a topic that I saw on Twitter today um, that I don't know, because I haven't spoken to you about this off stream, but I don't know how you, how you feel about it. But uh, there's some speculation that the new Kirby game that's been uh, announced on Twitter, maybe not a game, but it's just, there's a trailer. There's some speculation that something's going to happen for this anniversary for Kirby. Uh, there's going to be some NFT shenanigans going alongside it. With, with Nintendo? With Nintendo. Hmm. And, of Weird. course, this is just speculation at this moment, but uh, mm-hmm. they... Okay, so if you don't know, Kirby uh, got... Uh, let me see if I can find this. There is an announcement of Kirby's just, like, anniversary kind of thing that was on Twitter, and it was uh, a picture of Kirby as the foreground image... Um, but in the background, there is a bunch of pictures of Kirby just doing different poses. And it will say underneath Kirby, like uh, underneath each, each picture, like 068, like number tag, 068. And then like Kirby with sword or something like that, like Kirby attacking Kirby or something like that. So it's like, that was like the background image to the foreground of an announcement. So it's like, oh no. Oh no. Hmm. Why are there a bunch of pictures of Kirby doing different things behind this? 
why did there okay so uh, some additional <laughs> some additional uh, conspiracy theory context here the same day another article just dropped by what was it games radar oh man i'm gonna fudge the fudge the name but john linneman uh of um of uh of a few different publications on youtube but uh john linneman tweeted no they're not in response to a game blog post saying gamers are ready for nft games they just don't know it yet (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's going to be some NFT drama coming into the gamer space here probably sooner much much more sooner than people are wanting to have to deal with but uh I know the general sentiment is so far NFTs are a net negative and that's what most people think so far. Um I don't know how you feel about it but we can talk about gaming and NFTs in gaming next time on another episode if you'd like. Okay, I might have to do some research on what the fuck they are. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we can talk I about that too. I am extremely uneducated uh, on the on the topic. But, I uh, uh, I wouldn't call myself a crypto bro, but I mm-hmm. uh, do have positions in crypto. I used to have a lot more before I pulled out last year, but boy, without uh, man, we could talk about that later. But crypto, I can I can I can educate you on a little bit. But uh, yeah, another episode. All right, all right. Well, we appreciate you all for tuning in to episode 30 of All the Way Down. Uh, I am Invictus Knox. This is Dash Retro. Dash can be found on Twitch and Twitter. Don't even bring up the Twitter. I just stream on Twitch. Man, I'm going to encourage Twitter to use it more. I'm going to keep bringing it up every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Invictus Knox. I'm Invictus Knox everywhere. You can find me. Uh, that's Invictus Knox with a V. You can figure out where the V is. You, uh, If you're here, you might know where that is already. But either way, we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Thanks for chilling. We'll see you all next episode. See ya. Later, dudes.